top three players in the NBA today. See, I'm smiling because I this this is really yep. tough. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're, it, you're about you're about to go Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Dylan, Dylan, Kobe. Welcome everybody to the Spawn Me Podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 157 of our show. I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who is my wingman, point guard, small forward, power forward, center of the universe. Still be staying. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. My name is Pat Mace Thony Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one? Which 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 part of you got thrown out of MSG? Right? <laughs> yeah, my my my, uh, my foot's asleep, so that's that's the uh, Mason part because he's dead. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm fucked up. Every week yeah. you talk about somebody dying. Uh, yeah, yo, that's uh, that's what I do. I just want to say, uh, I just want to oh, say geez. that I am back. I am back from the disaster that was my audio. I was in a Russian gulag. <laughs> I was in there. It was scary. <laughs> Those are not great places. I'm out bigly. I'm back. Thank you. Oh my god, that was so terrible, but it's so great. Oh my god, and I'm always always joined with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes gaming looks good, who makes NASA look good, who makes math look good, who makes mini froze look good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? I'm I'm good, man. But like, if Cicero is all these positions, I guess I'm like the ball boy, or like <laughs> no, or, we'll see. No, this is like the you towel to be, guy. You get to be the general manager, though. Oh well, hey, you get to be the GM. Hey, if if I can be like Phil, if I can run a team into the ground and get paid millions, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> give me give me give me the dough. Give me the dough. Shout out to shout out to the Bus family. We love y'all. You know oh my gosh, yo! Uh, I will. I I I got plenty of Zen books on deck. I can give out to people. Yeah. Oh man! So, so, oh my so, god! god. You, we're gonna yoga positions. Reef, gonna, yoga positions on decky. Yo. That's what I'm saying. Oh god! Reef is gonna fuck up the garden. He's gonna have nothing but green tea smoothies. <laughs> just, just I'm just saying. It's gonna be terrible. I, I mean, we might be almost last in the league, but I guarantee every Nick player can do the downward dog. You know what I'm it saying? <laughs> yo, speaking speaking of speaking of downward dog and the Knicks and yoga. I want to say a special happy birthday shout out to the one and only Walt Clyde Frazier. He is astounding and rebounding at 72 years old. Man. Word. Happy birthday. 72. Yo, I I don't. Clyde was such a good announcer when I was growing up that I would like mute the TV so I could hear the radio broadcast for Knicks games because it was uh, Clyde. So, yeah, yeah, it was just Clyde. Clyde's the man. He is the man. You know, I liked I liked Clyde when he got I liked Clyde when he was out of the league so long that he could say all the shit that he knew behind <laughs> behind closed doors, yeah. and got to talk a whole bunch of shit about other players and do it with do it in rhyme, yes. <laughs> which was great. <laughs> that stuff was amazing. I love yeah, that stuff. yeah. That's true. I mean, the seventies was a that, that was a time for basketball. It was a lot a lot of ill stuff going on in the sixties and seventies, and he definitely yeah, has talked about it. 
Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so thank you everyone for, for joining us this week and for joining us last week. We had Simply Andrea on the show again. Phenomenal streamer. Definitely check out her stuff on Twitch. She is holding us down and we are trying to hold her down and trying to make sure that we get more folks of color who are streaming on the show so we can share their dope work and try to get them some love. So thank you to everybody who listened last week. Uh, this week, we have one of our favorite guests. It's always great when we have folks who, who, who come back for the second time because one, they then become a part of our cabinet, the Bricago cabinet. So that's one part of it. Then we get to find out all the cool stuff that they've been up to since the last time that we spoke. So we're huge basketball fans here. So if you have to talk about basketball, you have to talk about 2K. And we have to talk to Chris Manning, community manager of 2K. How you doing, man? How's everything going, Chris? What's good? Things are great, man. Not so much for my Lakers, but, yeah. you know, personally, <laughs> things are good. Things are, you know, good in 2K land. It's, uh, it's a fun time of the year as we're ramping up for 2K18. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so how does – okay. So first of all, let's, let's go back a little bit. We had yep. you on the first show. Uh, had you on for the first time and you got to you got to spread a little love and share a little bit about yourself uh, and tell everybody you know how you got into the game and all those and all those parts you come back for the second time with some wonderful some like stuff to talk about on the 2k17 side the the game has been out for a while it's been doing really well probably doing even better than it might have done even last year which is even hard to, to, to fathom how is everything going in 2k land how have you been how's everything been going for this for this particular year Man, it's been a crazy year, you know. Like, I, I think one thing in particular that I'm so I'm so passionate about is the esports stuff. So, yeah. being able to be at All Star, head out to New Orleans. I mean, it was crazy. Like, I was being pulled every direction from fans just saying what's up. You know, I felt like Ronnie 2K for a minute. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool. But the conversations, you know, little kids meeting their bigger brothers, bigger sisters, their moms or families. Like, there was just there was so much love in the air and just talking and seeing that passion from fans was really something that was special to me. And the cool thing was my dad actually flew out to kind of experience it all. So, nice. you know, the last time like we hung out was when Kobe dropped 60 in wow. Staples center. Cause I had bought him tickets last season. And as soon as I knew Kobe was retiring, did we talk about this last yes. time? Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, we did. So yep. that was, that was amazing. We got to share yeah. that. And then he kind of came out to uh, new Orleans. Uh, you know, I told him we're doing the, the tournament and uh last year he missed the la event that night he was flying out for like a high school reunion thing so he was really mm-hmm. bummed that he missed uh the uh you know the finals event right. but he was able to come to, to new orleans we got to share that uh really cool stuff i think he was like a deer in the headlights kind of stepping in this world a little <laughs> bit you know uh so he's like you know i gotta get a picture of this i'm like you know you gotta gotta chill gotta put the iphone down like just you know <laughs> uh, but it, it, it was really cool man like the 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 whole esports stuff is so exhilarating to me um just seeing people play the game at such a high level and people that are so committed to it um it's really special to me so you know that in particular really stands out this year and then obviously the things i can't talk about which i'm really excited about you know going into next year it's really exciting because we're at that time of year where everybody's throwing feedback and uh, this is kind of the point where i have to stop responding to all that feedback right. I'm, I'm, reading, <laughs> I, I'm reading everything i'm seeing everything the producers are just on top of everything it's it's a really fun time uh for sure yeah. yeah, let's let's talk about All Star Weekend because you know there was a really big event. Obviously, uh, June June of uh, last year was the Road to the Finals, the inaugural Road to the Finals uh, Grand Finale, 
uh, championship event, and and we had a very similar one at, at All Star Break. So, um, first off, I want to I want to give you guys uh, some props because if anybody plays two K, um, you have two K TV, and if you're in my career, you know that once every Friday, two K TV is going to drop. And you've got to watch it or else you're going to miss, uh, you, you know, things are going to get cut off in your, in your pregame or whatever. But if you watch it, the, the breakdown that you guys did for setting up the tournament for for the All-Star event was were amazing. Uh, can you talk about the All-Star event itself and like who was there? Did do you know if any of uh, the NBA, the current NBA All-Stars were paying attention to what was going on on the digital court? Oh yeah, man! I had a couple of the guys tell me like, "What what am I doing not playing 2K for a living?" Right. <laughs> you know? And then it was funny because you know if you watch the event this year, um, uh, before you know I get into it a little bit, uh, we had the five NBA players come out, and uh, these are guys that are very alpha male type of players when they're right. playing 2K. Like we know what Kevin Durant does in the court. We know how Kyrie is, Paul George, right? Uh, Aaron Gordon. So like when these five came out and played these, the, the you know the champions. Uh, first of all, the champions were a little rattled because they're like, "Whoa, this is these these five dudes just came out and they're about to challenge us right now. We're about to play a game." And unfortunately, we had to cut the stream right. um, for timing purposes. But that game went full four quarters. They were only supposed to stay for a quarter. Wow. They stayed oh, the entire okay. game because I knew once they sat down, they weren't getting back up. And, right. You know, right. I think the team ended up beating them by like 30, 40 points or something. And <laughs> I even made a, I even made a comment once we went off the air, you know, like Dimes looked over at Kyrie and Kyrie kind of glared at him because Dimes crossed him over and made Kyrie fall. Yeah, so I, 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 I kind of yeah. made a comment because we were still commentating to the live crowd. And I kind of made a comment. I'm like, yo, Dimes, that's not how you get autographs, bro. You can't right. really be doing that, you know, in front of Kyrie. But uh, it was really cool to see, um, you know, pro-am players and my players playing against NBA guys because that's something that even I internally haven't seen. You haven't right. seen where you have the five NBA players with their ratings, their badges, all their skills taking on, you know, the, the, the built my players, the five champions. So that was a really cool moment, I think, for uh, for the NBA guys. But, uh, you know, it was, it was great to see the turnout that was there. Um, you know, I was interested in the, the scouts because of the E-League announcement. Um, you know, people were obviously very excited about that because we were coming fresh off that. But, you know, we were so focused on, on just um, that tournament in time and to see the players, to talk to both teams. I got to know these guys, I got to know their families like, I, you know, I met the moms and stuff. And cool. it's just it's just really cool to see these different stories and see a, a group of players band together, meet, meet up pretty much for the first time ever. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, have that chemistry. And, you know, unfortunately, in the world of sports. Like you, you meet these guys on a personal level and you're talking 2K, you're talking life. And, you know, unfortunately one team has to lose, but um, that's kind of the beauty of it. You know, that's right. kind of the beauty of esports. And with 2K, it's not like anybody sits down and plays our game and is like, you know, if I take an L today, I'm, I'm pretty mighty fine with that. <laughs> right. you know, I, I think everybody's pretty hyper competitive and wants to, you know, kick some ass when they hop on the stick. So, uh, you know, these guys, these guys were all great. So, you know, it was a, it was a great game. Um, I think it was a great event, you know, in our second esports official outing, and uh, you know the viewership was was great, and uh, it's it's great to just see so much support. Um, and to answer your question about Two K TV, I mean, just kind of step back and understand that like we have a whole development team that's working on the current game, working towards what's coming, uh, and then you have in the middle of all that, you have a full on weekly show, right? filled with nba players right right? and it's not like you can just go and say oh you're in town like let's link up and record so you have to coordinate schedules you have to coordinate 
locations where you shoot. Uh, Rachel Demita, who's the host of 2K yes. TV. If you haven't watched it, you can watch it, you know, on social platforms. But it's right there in the game. So anybody that's had the game has probably popped it up. Uh, my ugly mug makes an appearance sometimes when we're talking esports. <laughs> so definitely check out those episodes. But you know, it's really cool to see Rachel doing her thing, and I think um, it's really caught its stride in this third season. Yes. Uh, I think yeah. they, they, we listen to a lot of feedback, um, and I say they as in the production team and the producers there on the show. Um, and shout out to Jal Ming, one of the producers on the show, came from Operation Sports. Right on. Um, oh my so, God. you know, it's yet another example of, you know, community leaders and, and these people that have had, um, you know, a lot of experience being fans coming in and working on the product. But uh, shout out to that entire team for, for coordinating all the interviews, uh, getting some really cool topics. And then there's the whole thing of what people don't understand is um, there's a lot that goes into just pulling footage. It's not, right. it's not quite as easy as people think. So, right. um, you know, on social, I manage a content team and you know, it's, it's a lot of work to pull footage. Uh, you know, shout out to their team for after every week, pulling so much pro-am footage right? Yeah, and getting yep. in there and getting amazing footage in park. And, and that kind of stuff blows my mind how fast they're able to gather that. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's not an easy process by any means. And uh, you know, I give them a lot of props for, really making the show interesting. And like I said, I feel personally like the third season this year has been really great. It's really caught stride. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, they, I was lucky to have an opportunity where they invited me in to talk esports because that's really where my passion is. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just been a lot of fun to, to see that grow. And, you know, among the many things going on at NBA 2K, you know, a weekly show on top of that, I mean, that's <laughs> it's really a huge undertaking and I can't like – stress that enough so you know i give that team a lot of props and it's been cool to watch that kind of grow and uh you know even be a part of it it's just crazy like a weekly show in the game it's, right it's pretty <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and and like it's something that that you know um potentially you know another group could just bs it because they could just say all right there's just something you know in there but you guys really put on like a fully produced like you know almost like it like it kind of reminds me a bit of like, you know, of like the, you know, of, of like the shows these that come on like Saturday morning and stuff like yeah. Matt Rashad, like, 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 like you see him hang out inside with NBA stuff. players, right. inside yeah. stuff. Right. Shout out to Hannah Storm. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yes. Um, so, yeah. so, um, yeah, it, it like definitely has that like relaxed feel. And, and I think it's really effective at showing that, you know, it like connects the, the uh, sport and the video game and it doesn't make them feel like too, completely separate identities right um i think that like that's one of the real like successes of the show and that leads into the question that i have about esports do you feel like that you that there's still a battle to sell esports to sports fans that might not be into video games as a viable thing and and, and, like not 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 only to sports fans, but like to you know to producers, to marketers, to like the people that are making these financial decisions around what like happens. Is it still kind of a battle to say like this is a thing that you should care about? I think it it becomes do people understand what esports means because that's such a thrown around term. I think a lot of times, um, like let me go back and tell my personal story. So like in two thousand four, when Halo Two was out, I was a big Halo fan. I actually met a couple of the pro players playing around L.A. in money tournaments. 
Uh, also made some money playing in 2K8 tournaments, but yeah. you didn't hear that. Here. <laughs> Humble <laughs> Humble but, uh, yeah, you know, back in the day, man, I was in college, man. Right. You know, hey, I threw man. Down a couple, you know. If I had to throw down a couple thousand and play some people in 2K8, you know, right. there's there's a couple uh, chicken nugget meals for <laughs> So, you know, got to survive in college, man. But, uh, you know, I think the cool thing is when you start to understand what esports is, like a lot of people ask me, why don't you do head to head, right? And I think our focus on, on my players, it's really simple. There's some sort of magic for us being able to scan a player in the game. You know, we've allowed fans to have the face scanning ability. Like this has been a long-term vision for right. a couple of years and you can't just snap the finger and have everything ready. So um, you have to be patient and you have to build this out. And um, the thing that I think is really cool is one of the biggest things, in my opinion, outside of what we're doing has been structure. Like, what is the structure of mm. esports, right? You have players that are mouthing off to other players, right? Maybe don't have the PR training that they need like athletes do. Right. Um, you have problems with, you know, Team Goose versus Team Egg, right? Who cares about them? Why are you invested in those teams, right? It's been a struggle to try to get that in the mainstream. The thing that's so special about the E-League, and I, I encourage everybody to go watch, um, you know, Strauss Zelnick or Take-Two CEO and Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, and look at the passion in their eyes. Yeah, it's so cool that the NBA—it's going to be an official NBA thing. And um, you know, for me now, I think that's easier to relate to in the culture of the NBA and the culture of 2K. Because you know, we're, we're kind of—I've said it before on the show—like we've kind of been ingrained in that basketball culture. Like you know, mm -hmm. it's not the lines are being blurred between game and culture, you know, or game and NBA. It's—it's it's crazy. Like I have guys that I won't name in my DMs that I used to grow up watching when I was a teenager. And they're like, I'd really like to be a higher rep in the park. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here going, wait, 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 wait. I have a, I have a top 50 player of all time DMing me about, you know, being the part. So it's like, that stuff still blows my mind. You know, it's cool that like, you know, yeah, Vince Carter, it wasn't Vince Carter. It was, it was crazy though. Like, you know, these guys just love the game. And I think for them, it's a great escape. I think for our fans, it's a great escape. It's a fantasy in a lot of ways, you know, building your, my player playing in the NBA, going through the, the different storylines that we've been able to offer fans throughout the years. And you know, where we're going is even more exciting. And it's just, it's really cool that we have that culture because I think that culture helps kind of lead it into where we're going with, the e-league stuff and as far as the tournaments go you know I, I can share this story as soon as i knew that we were going to get serious about um esports and we were really going to go uh last year with uh the road to the finals um from day one and this has been years in the making right from day one i said just give me the opportunity to be on the mic you know that that's mm. it i don't want anybody talking about my baby you know like nba 2k <laughs> is so special to me i we have to like throw, you know show that passion and that's all i ever asked i said i'm gonna make you know i really want to sh share my passion through being that kind of voice you know because it's not easy to commentate nba 2k like if you sit there and try to commentate it's a lot faster than real basketball right, uh, right. scott o'gallagher uh who um was my uh color commentary the last two years um we did a lot of prep work for it you know he was coming in with with i mean notepads full of notes and he's like chris look at this, look at the defensive schemes, look at these statistics. And it was just oh, so yeah. amazing because his mind, like, I feel like I'm savvy about basketball. And then I sit next to Scott O'Gallagher right. and I feel like I don't know anything about basketball, you know? And it's cool though. Like it, it just, we, we kind of found a chemistry and a stride to it. And I think as long as I, I always felt as long as I can convey my passion that I have for the game 
as a fan and as somebody who's representing the product, I think we're going to look good in the end because I feel like we can start taking that first step in helping people understand what it is that we're trying to do with esports. And it's really cool. Again, there's not too many sports that can lend themselves to, hey, face scan yourself in the game. You can, mm-hmm. you're, you're, bright and center, you're bright and center right there in front of the TV. Uh, you could see your player interacting with other players. Like basketball is just, we have a blessed opportunity to work on a basketball title and basketball with the growth that the NBA is having. A lot of it is because it's so personal. You know, we love, you know, I, I'll, I'll take it back to Kobe. Let's bring up Kobe reference. Like the Kobe, Co- the Kobe look, right? That, that snarl, that look, yeah. that's like forever burned into my memory because I know that <laughs> look. I knew that when that look goes down, shit's about to get real. Like Kobe ain't messing around, right? So you know, like stuff like that is what makes those moments special. And I think the cool thing about what we're doing with esports uh, is that 5v5 aspect, seeing guys being held accountable. So, hey, your man backdoored you, or hey, you gave up that three pointer, you didn't switch on the pick, right? Simple things like that can trigger guys and it can really be a positive or negative thing uh, when it comes to competition. And I think that's re- the really interesting thing about it. It's great yeah. when you're playing head to head. But you still have the crutch of having uh, nine other players on the court be like an artificial intelligence. It's still AI, right? right? And it's cool that some people prefer not to play other users because, you know, I think the team does a phenomenal job with the AI in the game. But to me, personally, I think the real thrill is 5v5. Players are all there playing. They're all accountable. Um, that chemistry shows. Because, you, you know, you've probably, you guys have probably sat down and played with a couple guys. And you're like, you know, I know not naming any names. I don't want to hurt any feelings. But there's some guys that kind of come and they want to play team up with us. And I'm like, yeah, that was great. But that was, that was definitely a one-time thing. Like, you know, to find that chemistry is so cool. And so, yeah. you know, I think the biggest thing to answer your question again uh, is we have to help under, people understand what esports means for NBA 2K. And I think we're, you know, doing a, a really start, solid start um, with the tournaments and with uh, the amount of people that were participating um, it's just been really, really awesome to see that growth. And like I said, there's a big vision and now people know a little bit about that. And if you want to go, uh, look up more, you know, I encourage you to read up on the NBA 2K E-League, watch the video with Strauss Selnick and Adam Silver. When I saw how fired up Adam Silver was, man, it like yeah. brought a tear to my eye because I was watching that just like fans. Like I, you know, I was watching that interview live at like, it was like four in the morning here <laughs> and I set my alarm clock and I, I got up and I was just, you know, that, that announced day was so special to us. And, um, just to see here that and, and to hear what he had to say about it and to see the passion in his eyes, that was that was the most amazing thing to me. So we're really excited about the future and you know, stay tuned for more details on that. I know people are like, We want details, you know, we're gonna have more information down the line, of course. But um it's Well you can come back you can come back and, and, and give us all the, the, the juicy details of when that when that stuff is ready. You can give us the exclusive. Oh, for it's sure. okay. I'll call it. Yeah, I'll call yeah, it first. yeah, we can push yeah. I'll call it first. push the uh, press release out from here. So here uh, so here's the question that here's a question I had for you based on that. And yes, it was really nice to see Adam Silver excited about anything because he is <laughs> <laughs> he is very deadpan in Hey, but you his... know what? He's one of the best commissioners in sports. Oh yes, bar I can't front. already. Absolutely. Already. I can't I can't front. People were worried when uh I forgot the other guy's name. Stern. Last, last, Stern. When Stern left. When Stern left. I forgot his name. He's been gone for a couple of years. Shut Dude, he was commissioner forever. When, when Stern left. But Adam Silver has definitely done a great job so far yeah. representing the league and doing all that stuff. Um, I want to piggyback on Reef's question because um, one of the things I've noticed, and especially because esports has become the, 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 the blast word of 2015 through 2017, right? Where now we're seeing, you know, I joked uh, maybe a couple episodes before that 
uh, esports ownership has now become the uh, uh, second job of choice for ex NBA players mm-hmm. and ex like it used to be car washes and restaurants. Now it's esports uh, franchises, but folks like uh, uh, Rick Fox with Echo Fox and folks like those I'm seeing are doing so many different things in so many different pots. Are you guys looking at um, some inspiration from other leagues and other uh, entities who have been in that space for a while uh, to kind of glean how they're, how they're kind of pushing uh, players to the forefront and, and how some of those events are coming along, like the Dota championships and Evo and stuff like that. Are you, are you guys not necessarily having conversations with those folks, but are you looking at some things and thinking about what we can actually kind of like borrow, steal or, or pick from and say that that's working really well. How can we incorporate that into what we want to do? I mean, I can say just from my standpoint on the marketing side, like I watch Evo, I watch Dota, I watch Halo World Championships. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of esports. I like learning about the players. I think the most interesting thing about what we did was, you know, Dimes, who we were hyping up as the best player in the world, he took over in that game. If you watch our game, you know, and you can watch <laughs> uh-huh. it on YouTube, right? And he he walked the walk, you know, and, and there was a lot of people that were like, well, you know, I think you know, this team's going to stop him because of X reason or Y reason. Like, no, he, he literally dominated the competition the entire way through. And he, you know, won, won money because of it. I think the interesting thing is when you, um, when we do these esports things, like how do we differentiate ourselves? We're now it's a fact it's well known. It's out there. Uh, people know that we're going to be the first, uh, this is going to be the first official organization to do esports. So the NBA, this is their NBA league. So, uh, the fact that, you know, that was the announcement was really special to me because now it's it's an official thing. It's different from other things that are out there. But right. of course, you know, from a fan perspective, and I always say a fan perspective because it's it's I think people think like once you're at 2K, it's like you become this um, like this <laughs> is jaded, like, you know, thing or you're not, you know, oh, LD's not responding. So he's not listening. I read my Twitter 24 seven. Like you guys know that. Um, for, right, right, for, right. for better or for worse. Twitter. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, I'm always I'm always watching esports because I remember being going back to 2004 and the story about like me playing Halo. Like I'm diabetic. I couldn't stop college. I had to have full credits to have health insurance. So for me, if I can't buy my insulin, I'm probably not going to be here talking to you guys right now. So I had to make the decision, okay, go school full, you know, continue school, at least, you know, not part-time, but full-time because I had to keep the units for uh, my health insurance. But the reason why I say that is because I go back to that moment in time and meeting some friends that I still talk to today that are involved in these other companies and esports. It's really awesome to pick brains, have conversations, and just look at different philosophies. Just listen. Like I'm a sponge. I'm listening to people that have done it before. I'm listening to professional players, right? We had um, a thing where I sent it to Mike Wang and the gameplay produ- uh, producers and the team that, that handles gameplay. Um, I talked to little things like talking to a professional player that plays NBA a lot on his free time, right? Might play a shooter, has that hand-eye mm-hmm. coordination, uh, world champion, stuff like that. And it was really interesting to hear their con- like conversations about things like shot feedback like we don't understand why we missed that shot we don't want to make it feel like the game is doing something where we don't understand how to become better or you know improve our skills so it's like you start thinking from a different dynamic and it was really great to get that feedback into our gameplay team's hands because they put a lot of that you know um they took that and they you know kind of did with it as they as they did but it's cool i always am trying to talk to people and listen you know listen 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 because i have my opinion on how things should go 
Um, there's other people in the company that obviously have that vision and stuff. Um, everybody has an opinion, but it's really great to listen to people um, out. You know, I, I always believe that are doing esports like Smash Brothers, right? A lot of NBA 2K fans probably don't want Smash Brothers, but you go back to Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube oh, and I'd oh, still yeah. be playing a, an Evo. If you don't know about that crowd, if you don't know about that, right. um, Mike Howard, who, who works with me, is one of my peers. Um, you might see him on the broadcast before um, he's working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he is really involved in Street Fighter. So I'm always talking huh. to him and I've gone out to tournaments with him and it's like I'm learning about the culture of esports and there's that, you know, that big grassroots thing that's always been there. And the crazy thing is most games, I think, kind of struggle to find their identity as an esports title. Ours has always been there. It's just like, how do we activate on it? You know, anybody, again, anybody picking up the sticks, man, I don't think you guys are like, let's play a game of 2K. What if I lose? Oh, that's okay. No, like, Like, you don't want to lose in our (laughs) game, right? Right. And it's the game's fault. Then it's, you know, it's Ronnie or my fault. It's a game. Your janky ass controller, yo. That's right, (laughs) you know? So, you know, and trust me, I've been there. I've had a couple broken controllers. I get it, man. I'm in it. Like, I, I understand the passion in that, like, so, you know, I just think, um, you know, with the way esports is going, how do we how do we differentiate ourselves? And I think going with my players where you get to customize everything. I mean, there's shot creators in our game, right? You can customize a shot, the speed of it, the hitch of it, the release of it, right? That kind of stuff is – the more tools I think we can give fans like that is a great thing for customization purposes. And, then, you know, like the, the big challenge for the gameplay team on the development side is balance, right? And that's – that's right, something right. that we're always focused on. They are, they are listening. Like Scott O'Gallagher, phenomenal broadcaster, right? Like I feel like him and I have so much great chemistry when we're broadcasting. He's writing down notes in the middle of the broadcast to go back to the <laughs> gameplay team with, right? Like he's seeing things, Mike Wang watching, seeing things. Like that's what's so cool about it is it's very involved from all parties. And uh, I guess to answer your question, you know, going back, yeah, like I'm always looking for inspiration um, for what we can do and at least making sure that, for the people that don't under, understand esports, I can bring you know a presentation or a document to them and say, look at what these guys are doing, look what these guys are doing, look what the the landscape of it is, right? Because it's important to have everything in front of you when you're making decisions in anything in life, right? Like do your homework right. and you're going to be good. You know, people mm-hmm. always ask me, are you nervous about like broadcasting in front of millions of people watching this live stream? My friends would hit me up, and I was like, no, I'm not nervous at all because it's all passion to me. You know, yeah. right? The only the only nervous part is just making sure that, you know, like I have all the facts in front of me. I have all the, you know, numbers in front of me. I want to make sure that we are like 100% trained on what we're going to talk about when it comes to each of these players because these individuals, this might be the biggest moment of their life. And Mm. as we told their stories, the stories, the people behind the sticks is the best thing about esports, in my opinion. I feel like if you don't have great stories of these players, it's like the reason we watch the NBA, right? Exactly. Great stories. Devin Booker's 20 years old, right? It's not the fact that a guy scored 70 recently in the last two weeks. It's the fact that a 20-year-old scored 70, and he has Kobe Bryant's mentality. So that story becomes the narrative, and that's what's so great about esports, those great narratives. In my opinion, of course, this is all just, you know, <laughs> I, I can't, I want I want to say it. it's all me just kind of talking about esports in general, but, you know, of course, yeah, I'm a big fan personally of esports. I'm keeping an eye on stuff, and I'm watching stuff, you know. I used to drive my wife nuts because I'd have the Halo World Championships on for, like, you know, all weekend long. She's like, can we watch something else? I'm like, no, 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 we're in the, you know, we're in the 15th <laughs> round of 75, so... Just and just and on, Envy, just, Envy just took the cap. Envy just took the right. cap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Master Chief takes precedence. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so, so Chris, the 
I have a I have a, a another esports question related directly to the Road to the Finals to the All Star event. So the first Road to the Finals event was was uh, the the championship was played between the Xbox champion and the PlayStation champion on PlayStation fours. Mm-hmm. The the latest one was also Xbox champion and the PlayStation champion. What what console were they played on? Uh, PlayStation four as well. Uh, okay. Uh, and we made sure to put it in the rules so anybody participating from the start this year knew that that was the case. Okay, so yeah. so um, I don't know if this is if there was some type of business deal that was done um, as part of the tournament, but you're one of the few sports titles. Two uh, K is one of the few sports titles that plays on the PC that is available for the PC. Mm-hmm. Was there any discussion about playing the game on the PC? Where where uh, the champions from either console could actually come and use their their home controllers, the controllers that they're that they're idea. used That's to. Good question. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, yes, definitely yes, one hundred percent. The one thing that you got to think about too is, and this is like you know, there's a lot of conversations about this. Even if you're on the PC, your right. button when you do a icon pass is still going to be one console or the other. You're not going to ever have it where one team presses the icon buttons and they're seeing X square triangle circle Fair and another team seeing X B, right? So yes. the, the, the thing that we made sure yes. to do is we had uh, controller options, many controller options for the finalists before when we were doing the prep work, we asked them what they wanted to opt into. Did you want to, you know, for the Xbox team, right? Did you want to use the uh, PS4 controller right. or do you want to use this Xbox controller that, um, you know, and really the only disadvantage is icon pass and by the time these teams get to this point, uh, regardless of system, and it was interesting because the, the Xbox winners this year actually came from the PS4 side, so right. they were oh, all ready to okay. roll. So they they actually switched. That was kind of one of the big stories. They actually switched consoles and won that side, um, which was very interesting. That was a very interesting tactic because they knew, uh, you know, they knew there was some really good competition on the PS4 side. So. Uh, you know, we, we made sure to give them options, and I think that's a, you know that's a valid thing. And you know, we're always looking at agnostic stuff, but it really comes down to that. You know, that was kind of the one thing that was interesting to me. It's like you're you're not, you're gonna have different icons for the players, but you're still gonna know. Right. You know, when you icon pass it, once I hit that icon button, you know, X or A is still right. my point guard. Right. You know, B right. or circle is still my shooting guard. Try, right. So these guys are um, savvy enough to make that adjustment pretty quickly. And um, you know, that's, that's the thing, but you know, it was good. We had it in the rules. Like I said, um, that's why we released those rules. Everybody has everything in front of them that, that they need. Uh, and they know that, uh, you know, the, the finals ended up, the decision was PlayStation four. So but we made sure to give them options, you know, as competitors, cause you don't want to take away that competitive advantage from, from one side or, or sure. give one a competitive advantage. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is a this is a more existential question. So uh, you know, breathe with me for a second, Chris. Uh, yes. <laughs> so part of the success of the NBA right now is is not the you know is not just the the just the the performance of the players on the on the court um, and the sport the beauty of the sport itself. It's that the the NBA has been very successful at selling itself as a culture. And, you know, there's there's an NBA culture. There's that, you know, you see more of the players in NBA games than you see in any other sport, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe even soccer, but soccer, they're further away. So you actually can see a guy and recognize a guy if he's on the street and they're much more visible 
um, the uh, the apparel of of NBA players is part of culture, part of hip hop culture. It's part of itself. How much of how much of the NBA and you guys have done a really good job of, uh, you know, adding colorways and, and all the different things that you can add to your player when you go in the park and that kind of stuff. But how much of of the conversation about representing the culture of the NBA um, from a from a social aspect goes into the building and the planning of each uh, version of 2K? I mean, it's a big part of it, right? Like I, I kind of always say we're very blessed to be a part of a sport that's just growing so rapidly and then i feel like 2k at some point you know since i've been there especially you know i joined during the 2k 11 cycle we just became ingrained it was just this ever-growing thing in nba culture so there's a lot that goes into it i mean ronnie you you see like whenever ronnie travels you know he's he's pretty much in contact with players 24 7 uh (laughs) you know coaching stats people that work at the NBA. it's just it's really cool to to see that part of it grow but you know i think the really crazy thing about it is um, we do think uh, from a culture aspect, like this year, if you look at the shoes, now we're scanning shoes. People have a job where they come in, they take shoes, they scan it. They take the different sets of materials that we have built in game, make sure that those materials are lined up, right? So if something's mm-hmm. rubber, it's going to look rubber. If something's metallic, it's going to look metallic. If something's fabric, wow. it's going to yeah. look like fabric, right? That is someone's job to go wow. hunt down shoes and scan them in, right? Because in the past, Shoes weren't one of the things that really stood out um, and the team knew that an improvement needed to be there and the team went out and did it. And that's really the, the special thing about, I think, the development team is they know their weaknesses more than they know their successes. And that's right. what they focus on. And, and in my opinion, that's why the game is so great is because they care about every little aspect and detail. Now, when it comes to like social, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I was tweeting Isaiah Austin today about how he could kick Ronnie's ass, you know, and it, it's like <laughs> things like that. Another here, here, here's a good example, right? So we wanted to get D'Angelo Russell to mocap, mm-hmm. and uh, for whatever scheduling purposes reasoning, we couldn't get him. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, uh, who you know loves our game, shout out to him. He's on our my NBA 2K uh, cover this year for the uh, mobile app yes. and uh, had some nice. really great marketing pieces, by the way, the spinning heads piece. I loved it. If you haven't seen that, just definitely <laughs> that check great. that out. It was really funny. Uh, Carl's a great player. Um, his work ethic's amazing. And he's just, he's streaming all kinds of games on Twitch, you know, throughout the year. Uh, and he loves NBA 2K. I mean, it was really funny. The conversations that he has about 2K are just like fans, you know, like what, you know, when, when am I going to get this, my team card? How, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that. That is really great. But the cool thing was, I remember at the beginning of the year, we had the community guys coming out and we knew that Carl Anthony Towns was going to mocap that day. They didn't at the time. Right. Uh, so I just, you know, there was some thread going on between, uh, you know, I, I said to D'Angelo, I'm like, you know, it was right after he hit that summer league shot, I believe, when he hit the game winner. Uh, and I yeah. was like, I, I was like, I'm, I'm about to do work with you in NBA 2K17 this year. Like, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to do, you know. And he said, yeah, but like my shot's off, you know, I need it. And I was like, hey, like, let me know when you want to come down to mocap. And then he's like, well, Carl never invites me. So I tweeted back to Carl Anthony Towns. I'm like, Carl, <laughs> invite your boy. Invite you know, you know when you're here. You know you're here in a couple oh, days, that's right? great. And so that's they're great. really good friends. I just read a story actually today that they're going to be training and working out together this summer. Um, they're really good friends, and they work uh, really hard together in the offseason, which is awesome. Uh, anyway, he, he tweeted D'Angelo, and 
he ended up getting him to come. And then we had D'Angelo Russell. Of course, they appeared on, you saw him on 2K TV. We got their mocap session. That was actually the first mocap session before NBA 2K17 was launched, right? That was, I believe, I want to say that was like September 1st when we did that community day. Uh Uh, That was actually the official first mocap session of NBA 2K18. So that just shows you, that just shows you like how far in advance everything is. But that was cool. And that's what I mean. Like, you never, there's just so much organic stuff that happens that I feel like we try to, you know, especially in social media that we, you know, Ronnie and I work really hard on making sure that all that's kind of seen by the fans and and we're kind of integrated in that. And, um, you know, we're lucky to, we're lucky to have that culture around us and it really makes every day interesting, unique Uh, among the stuff that I don't talk about and that I, you know, I do every day (laughs) on a day to day purpose, Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's all that extra, uh, cultural stuff that in my opinion makes the brand so awesome makes the game so awesome and there, there's a reason whether you're carl anthony towns or you're somebody sitting listening to this podcast and right. you know it brings people together man like right. when we made the park it was about finding people to play nba 2k with on next generation consoles and then like the next year to get 15 comes out hey now you can actually take them and go play in five and five environments or you can keep playing three and three right and then we started to see people were connecting it became a network of people connecting to other people and like a couple of the guys that I play with nightly, it was the same thing. We kind of picked up this guy here, picked up that guy there. And I have like really good friends that I text every day right. that have been playing NBA 2K with me for four or five you know, years. And it's just, it's crazy. Like those are like now like some of my, my best friends, you know? Right, right. <laughs> my, my, like I'll pick up my wife from work and she'll be like, you know, do you have to be talking to, to, to Brothian? You're going right. to go get on, get on PS4 and talk to him in a party right now. Right. I'm like, yeah, no, I had to tell him that like tonight we're playing prom tonight. Like round up the boys, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, that's, that's the cool thing. You know, it became, it became a culture, but it's also important to know that like, it's about bringing people together in a lot of different ways. And that's, that's what I think is, again in my opinion so special about everything mm-hmm. right yeah so 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 you touch a little bit on the mocapping and like how how you are beginning with the 18 stuff which is awesome um yep. you know i i know that you that you, you might not be in on exactly the technical stuff with the mocapping and stuff but i always wondered about you know if the athletes are mocapped like every year or like if they kind of get source material and they refine how that's rendered in the game every year so like are they actually like saying like hey like we're gonna scan you know um mellow every year you know what i'm saying and and like coordinate that with you know with the nba and all that stuff or like did they just say like hey like can we render this a little better are you are, are you kind of familiar with that side of things yeah so it's a little bit of both right you can't scan the player every single year um, but like, I remember in 2k 14, we told the story on a live stream before, like our team was sitting literally in hotel lobbies for hours in the, you know, in the aisles trying to, you know, get a player when they were coming in <laughs> and opting in. Sweet. Cause at the time, next gen face scanning, body scanning wasn't a thing. Right. So mm-hmm. we were, you know, when 2k 14 came out, the reason why it looked so amazing, cause it was photorealistic. Our team did, I mean, they were flying around the entire country with very complicated technology, scanning players in hotel lobbies. And the stories that I will not share uh, is amazing. I mean, eight hours at a time just sitting there waiting for players. And that's that's so crazy to me that that was the commitment from that particular team to make sure that we got so many players scanned. And now it's like a thing of like when you see a scanned player versus a non-scanned player, the difference is so drastic because you're talking about photorealism, right? And 
you know, the, the, the crazy thing is, like, you say, okay, like, we've reached the pinnacle of how visually the, good the game can look, and then the next year comes out, you see these differences, and you're like, wow, it looks right. better. And then the next year comes out, wow, it looks better. Right. And I'm looking forward, and I'm like, wow, it looks better. You know, it's, it's so cool how the development team just uh, finds ways to really improve everything uh, just from an art standpoint. So um, as far as mocap goes, though, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, I remember... One of the developers uh, was asking about Kobe's jump shot a couple of years ago and uh, brought me in. He's like, come over here. I want to ask you a question. Like, look, look at Kobe's jump shot. Well, you know, what, what do you think we need to do? And I gave him a little bit of feedback and the animators kind of tweaked something that made it look better. And it's cool that like they sit there and watch so much reference, you know, Phil from the NBA. And right. uh, there's so many like it's it's hard to explain without like really fully understanding. And I can't go into particular details, but <laughs> From a like top level, there are people at their job there that have been there for a very long time. They have a great team over at Visual Concepts. And actually, I'm going to plug something right now on that topic is Operation Sports is running a uh, special video series talking to guys that were on Operation Sports. So Mike Wang, Scott O'Gallagher, uh, the czar, Yao, you know, Yao's being um, uh, all I'm these guys. I'm mad yeah. at them for that. You know it's why? Great, Cause they it's great. Because they scooped me. Because they scooped me and got momentous. Yes. <laughs> and I'm mad. I'm yes. still mad because they got momentous. I've been dying to get momentous on the show. I'm going to tell them. Anyway, tell them to come on. I'm salty. I'm salty operations sports. I love y'all, but I'm salty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell them to come on. I'm going to tell them about this. But, Word. you know, the, the cool thing is, yeah, momentous, a bunch of other guys. Uh, it's really cool to see that passion because they are still so passionate and, like, they're it's amazing every year what they're able to accomplish. And right. I think a, a lot of video game fans across the industry take things for granted when I really have um, been able and been fortunate enough to really understand how the industry works, how development works from, you know, and I'm not a developer. You know, a lot of people think I am. I'm not a developer. I work in marketing, but I have such a deep admiration across the industry um, for the hard work that goes into games in uh, understanding how that works. It's it's honestly, it's like a life-changing experience when you start to get that insight. And mm -hmm. uh, when I got to see behind the curtains for my favorite video game, NBA 2K, uh, I mean, just the level of respect that I have for these guys. And, and they know it. I love all the guys over there. And, um, you know, I would... I would do anything for for our development team. You know, I think they're they're the best uh, at what they're doing in the world. And I'm, I, I love seeing... Like, I've said it before. I'm a very psychotically passionate basketball fan and when i got to 2k <laughs> i felt normalized you know right. i felt like yeah, i went from yeah. being like wow like chris is like literally not going on dates because he's watching laker games to you know oh my god this is exactly <laughs> like this is now i'm normal like this is a, this right. basketball passion around me is so great so uh you know it's just they they do a lot of stuff and um you know the animations the, the animation team goes in works with engineers and it's just so much stuff that goes into it, but mocap's a special thing because when we get players in there, there's no more tweaking things. That's it, you know, and that's that's what the cool thing is. So, um, you know, the mocap sessions that are always going on, you can see a lot of that on our social, uh, and, and those guys are always talking about people they're having in. It's uh, 2K TV shows great insight into that stuff and, and to answer your question, you know, they, uh, there was an NBA 2K T or excuse me NBA TV segment that aired earlier this year um, that talked about mocap sessions. Great piece. You can look it up. Uh, talk to Mike, uh, Mike Wang and Scott O'Gallagher were on there talking about the gameplay stuff. Right. And you got to see behind the scenes of what that uh, they actually uh, showed the Carl and uh, D'Angelo thing I was talking about earlier when they came into mocap. They showed all that and how that's kind of processed and put in the game, you know, and there's just so much work. Like uh, one example of that that I'll share is like 
a guy goes to dunk it, the animators need to go in and clean up the dunk. It's not like the hand comes with to the rim mm. and grips the rim perfectly off right. a mocap, you know. So you have to go in and fix. So you're talking, I, I don't even know, but you're talking, you have to go in and spend hours on one animation to, right. to clean it up, right. make it look good, like. And that's the thing that's so crazy about game development in this industry. Like we play these games, you take you take for granted that a guy is running and or they're patting somebody's back, and you know. And basketball is a very collision sport, right. so it's not like we have the luxury of having pre-rendered cutscenes or something like that. You know, basketball is always you know fluid; it's moving. People are bumping into each other, and I listen. I I don't envy developers that work on games where there is collisions. <laughs> like, it is it is insane. So you know you have a again. There's just such a, a deep right. level of respect. But our guys are so great at what they do, man. It's it's why the game plays and looks so beautiful. Yeah, and and I'd imagine that there's even more pressure because now as we see with games like Mass Effect, if you mm-hmm. make one small mistake or something gets past the uh qa team you know it's all over youtube it's all over all oh, this game is terrible because they missed this one thing you know and like all that stuff so i'd imagine that the um developer teams that you do like talk to i'm pretty sure that that's something that they kind of talk about and you know and it's just like that additional kind of pressure to know that even though you might spend you know hours days weeks months perfecting something you know you know no, no one's perfect and like if you miss one thing it almost sounds like people are just ready to crucify you you know oh yeah i think that's across the industry right like even yeah. games that i really enjoy people are criticizing things sometimes a lot of times unfairly um but i i mean it, it is crazy i always offer this challenge to anybody that thinks they know better than a lot of developers in this in this industry <laughs> name me name me one game that doesn't have any bugs right right you know and and listen more games have some than others like we know that our game does and we're looking at that stuff so is the development team that's why we're like 11 patches in this year right. um they're gonna fix things and they have that you know they have that uh dedication to that and i think that's really important to say because no game's perfect and you know like every game has its bugs um but you know it's it's about making sure that the right producers have that information qa teams across the and again i'm speaking generally across the industry qa teams are there to find that stuff and right you know it, it's tough man with when you have big complex games like nba 2k but like i said there's so much more good than there is like you know bad in those type of things for the most part but you know going back to like the mass effect thing it's like you know people are criticizing the animations and then you pop it in after the day one patch and it's not as bad as yeah and that's the thing too we're on next gen consoles right every game has a day one patch because right. it goes gold then they immediately turn to the day one patch because they have more time to develop after the disc is you know and you're seeing that as an industry standard thing so uh you know like it's it, it sets a different chain of events uh for a lot of different things that i won't go into but uh you know like that kind of stuff is just something to think about as a video game fan you know there's just constant work and you know i i always like say like it'd be interesting to work on a product that wasn't an annual release like (laughs) but even then games you know have a couple years and you you know you still see things now but I, i as a gamer like i have grown to appreciate like problems and stuff don't bug me you know like they don't yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Like, I kind of understand the cycle. So maybe I'm jaded, you know, from being behind the scenes and actually seeing that. But 
I still, listen, I still love video games, man. I've dumped like 165 hours into Zelda so far, and I feel like a complete loser. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's Zelda's one of those series that I grew up and I was passionate about and I love. And, like, the guys at the, you know, the guys, my coworkers were, like, laughing when the Zelda's coming out because I'm like, you know, you've seen these reviews. It's amazing. Like, look at that, this game. It's going to be so awesome. Look at this trailer. And they're just like, you are an effing dork, man. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I wear my... I, I love being a nerd, man, and that's why I'm here, you know? I'm a basketball yeah. junkie, right. first and foremost, and, and I, because I've always followed what I'm passionate about, you know, it kind of led me here, and I feel like um, we've done some really cool things, and I'm really proud of a lot of different people uh, at, at 2K. Man, uh, yeah, kudos to you guys. We, you know, we were talking about patches, day one patches and stuff like that. Uh, kudos to you guys the last couple of years, but this year especially on... Um, I used to say and and would say on the show that I love 2K as a series, but there were two 2K releases. There was the 2K release that happened in October when the game actually mm-hmm. came out. And then there mm-hmm. was a release sometime around Thanksgiving or December when the game was actually patched and workable. Um, and, <laughs> and, and now, like, that's disappeared. Uh, online was working almost yeah. immediately. True. Uh, for for two K seventeen, you know everything everything that's been that used to be pain points for for two K in the past were gone, and the first time there was like a real big hiccup was the uh, the two K the 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 Park After Dark series, mm-hmm. right. and you know right, so right. I mean like if if that's what you got, I'll take that. Uh, so and that's Snoop's fault, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He probably, he probably, he probably uh, got gunk, got uh, resin in the router. He right, right, some weed right. into the server. It was a series of tubes that got all caked up. Oh man, <laughs> uh, sound smell like bong water now. Um, <laughs> but but uh, so so you know, uh, kudos to you guys. But I I really want to talk about something that you kind of alluded to. Um, yeah, you guys are this year building your game for three platforms. Um, besides besides the PC, um, you know, for home consoles, you've you've got the, your PlayStation Four, you've got your Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Now, um, so you know, exciting times. I think if you're a Switch owner to, to finally get a, a a basketball game on there. Um, but is that something that meant that you guys had to uh, increase your lead time for? for development or is it a third party uh that's going to be working on that title or is that something that you can't even talk about what i can talk about is (laughs) i'm very excited that we announced that we are coming to the nintendo switch later this year all right well but but all all those all those all that curiosity the questions that you're posing is um stuff that is debated heavily internally right so right. it's it's always the, the stuff that you know i can't talk about publicly i can't defend myself a lot of the time you know like right. i have the answers <laughs> i can't give them out you don't have, like you don't job, have the answer sway you, you know, don't have the but, answers yeah. yeah but you know what it, it is exciting to come to a new platform i personally have my switch sitting behind me i love it i, I actually it's probably my favorite nintendo system uh since the n64 for me personally and i grew up on you know the n64 
you know, tell these kids to go play Goldeneye. Tell right. these kids to go play Mario Kart 64. <laughs> tell these kids to go play WWF No Mercy. Like, right. Oh, oh yeah. I grew up on. Now, see, yeah, right. now we know. Now we know we're talking right. about. I like that we have the same age friends. Right. But, you know, it, it's, 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 um, you know, I'm, I'm excited that, you know, we've announced that we're coming to Switch. Obviously, I think this uh, Nintendo coming back in the picture after the Wii U. Uh, is a great thing for the industry. I'm excited that a lot of third-party developers are coming in on it. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I personally really enjoy the system. And uh, as far as NBA, NBA 2K18 goes, uh, I, you know, I, all I can say is I'm excited that we're coming uh, to the platform later this year. Yeah, no. I, I, I wish I wish people yeah, could see well, this on video. The smile on your yeah, face well, right now is so good. Yeah, well, well even, <laughs> yeah. even, even if you can't answer it, I will say that, you know, one thing I love about my Switch um, you know, because I've been playing Zelda and, you know, and like a bunch of the indie games as well, is that, you know, there's so many times where I just play things, you know, like like with my other portable handhelds where, you know, I play for like 15, 20, kind of 30 minutes at a time. And I always think like, man, this will be great to get in a game of sports. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to like uh, playing things on the go. Um, and my hope and is that it is, you know, the full 2K18 experience. So the franchise mode, the uh, career mode, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Every, everything that is in, you know, all, all the other versions, like my hope is that it's there. Um, but the fact that you have a console that's not always going to be connected online, I know that that's going to be a challenge because you kind of have to balance, like, we need a bunch of the stuff to be offline, um, so that people can like, you know, can like still have some kind of experience um, when it's in the offline mode. So my hope is that there's some kind of syncing where you can do stuff offline, have, have that stuff sync up to the 2K servers when you connect back at home so that like, you know, I can continue my career mode, even though I might not be online um, all the time. So like, so like that's, that's like my, um, thing that I always think about when I hear about these, um, big third party games that are coming to the switch, because most developers just assume that you're connected online all the time with uh, PlayStation and and Xbox. So like, I think that they build a lot of their stuff that you're always connected, you know? Yeah. Um, and, And that, that, uh, that curiosity or that question is totally fair, right? Like just generally speaking across the industry, not not speaking on behalf of NBA to get or anything, but like, yeah, that's that, that's a concern when you have games that are dependent online. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, developers do across the industry. Here's a, here's a question that you will probably not be able to answer fully because there's I'm sure there's other things baking, but yes, I am really excited to see if talking about platforms that you've already jumped on and new platforms, you guys jumped on PSVR this year too, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Yes, that was the, that was the thing that kind of talking about all the stuff you talked about prior about animators and how many people are working on particular things and how many modes you guys got into the game and yeah. all that stuff. And then we had this extra thing that was really fun. I I, I can't front. I was like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Yeah, but after playing it, I was totally a fan of it. The thing that I got uh, really excited about, or that really impressed me, was there is this beginning uh, moment when you walk into the stadium in in the uh, the VR experience. Yep, and you got it so that it was at the height level yeah. of where you would think a person would be of that NBA stature. Yep. That brought such a really interesting feeling into the game. Yeah. How was how was that how was that received? 
you know, how, what was the kind of feedback you got about that that particular experience? And sure, I'll ask the obligatory question, and if you can't answer, it's fine. Yeah. But like, are you guys thinking about expanding on stuff like that? So uh, to first start out, uh, one thing that did come out that's really important for the PSVR thing that wasn't there before is we added the motion controls. So yes. that was something like personally, I was a little disappointed we didn't have the motion controls at launch. The, this patch just came out literally a couple days ago, end of last week, that added motion controls to it. So if you have a VR unit, go check out NBA 2K VR, the experience. It's it's right. an experience, and it's cool. Like Or an um, Oculus. It, yeah, yeah. And, and the motion controls were on the other um, uh, platforms. Uh, right. So so we just got them into the PlayStation thing, which is huge for a game where you shoot a basketball, right? So right. Yes. Uh, if, you have, if you have VR... Um, definitely go try it out. I, I think it's really cool as, as an experience, and it's a standalone experience. You know, um, it, It's going to be interesting to see how VR kind of either uh, continues down the path it's going or, or not, right? Like for me, Resident Evil uh, was a, an amazing VR game, Ooh, and yeah. I hate things that are scary, but I had to play that in VR. I played every single <laughs> in VR. Uh, did so, you really? Oh, wow. I did. I did. You know, uh, changed a couple of my pants during the process. But yeah, I, did. <laughs> um, I also uh, like Star Wars Battlefront was really awesome, but I was really excited when I got to try out um, the NBA 2K stuff for the first time because it was just so different from anything I've ever played. And it really is like an experience. You get out there on the court, you're shooting threes in the three-point contest. It, the, the crowd's hype to your point. It's like you feel like you're at that NBA player's height. Um, you get to shoot the basketball. Uh, the crowd's hype like it's All-Star Weekend or something like yeah. that. You know? and it, it's, just, it's just a really cool, different thing. And I think um, the thing that's important to note about stuff like that is uh, – it's cool to try out new platforms. I think we, we like to experiment with the brand and that's something that I admire from the developmental standpoint is that they, you know, they're, uh, they're trying something new, you know, that's not a VR. If you look at the units that are out there compared to consoles, it's a very small percentage, right? So, um, to try something new and try to be innovative in that space is really cool. Um, reading feedback, you know, feedback is feedback. We're always going to look at feedback. We're going to see what people like, what they don't like, but I'm, I'm proud that we got a VR product out there that people can go and play if they, you know, if they like to. Uh, and you know, it's fun. It's a lot more fun. Uh, again, PlayStation users, if you uh, if you got it, definitely check it out right now with the new update. It has uh, motion controls now. It makes a world of difference playing the game. It's it's actually a lot of fun, you know. So definitely uh, made me feel like my my headset purchase was worth it. I can't front like there. That's there cool. Very that's few cool. Experiences. To hear that. There are very few experiences on there that I felt like were worth my price of admission. And that was one of the ones that we played on stream uh, for our charity stuff. Awesome. And it was it was great to, to be in that experience. So great job on the team for that. That was real dope. Yeah, that's 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 cool to hear, you know, because a lot of people, I think, looked at it and they kind of remember when you watch trailers in VR, every right, trailer right. that you see <laughs> right. doesn't look that great because the experience is when you're in the system. And like I have right. personally, I have PlayStation VR. I bought it night one and I wasn't even a believer in it. Right. Like I was yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally my coworker convinced me you got one, you should buy it. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to tell my wife spent $600. It's cool. I bought it though. And I knew, you know, I was excited for, for that. Cause I knew at the time we were working on a product, but it was, it was cool to me. I think um, it, I, that's, that's really cool to hear that, that you guys uh, enjoyed it. And I really do encourage people that have those VR systems, especially now that the motion controls have been added. Cause I think that's a, a whole different dynamic that it didn't have at, uh, before this update. And I'm really glad and proud that developers added that in um, try it out. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting space. And I think there's a lot of uh, 
really crazy roads we could go. I know there's been a lot of ideas thrown out there online. Sometimes I can't comment on feedback because, you know, there's things that I understand and know now. But uh, like one thing I can say is like the NBA is using um, Samsung devices to do courtside right. seats. Like I'm dying for that to come to PlayStation VR. Please, NBA. Uh, yeah. That would be really cool to do something like that in VR for a fan like me personally. So there's still ways, I think. Um, and that's where I really think VR is going to succeed, too, by the way. Just general VR outside of gaming is like going to Egypt and sitting and like looking at the pyramids and you're right. doing a virtual mm. tour or just going to that world. Like that kind of stuff is really, to me, what VR could really capitalize on. We're seeing that a lot with like what Facebook's developing. And if you know, you, you read up on, on this different technology, you'll, you'll kind of read about what they're doing. But um, in terms of gaming, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to get that product out there. And uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Who won the three point contest, by the way, which, which guy walked away? Did you guys I all play? watching? Yeah. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, in oh. your, in your, in, when you played on the stream, who won it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I won. <laughs> right, right, it is. right. There when it he is. played, when he played it's against himself, it's just the right. assumption. I, yeah, yeah. Of course, I won. Yeah, yeah there you, you go. I see my form, my Bill yeah. Cartwright. Yeah, right. Well, right. well, um, yeah. Well, I, I, I mentioned this on the show, but before, but I got so into the game, um, my <laughs> Oculus oh, yeah. that. I, you know, I started doing my actual shot form that I do when yep. I'm actually shooting a basketball, <laughs> only yep. I have a ceiling fan, uh, and my hand totally hit the ceiling fan as I was going, yep. and I kind of damaged you know, my finger, and I was like, oh, man, I got to go on the bench now, man. <laughs> you know, there, there's a really funny video of, like, me from, like, it was probably around September, maybe October, right? And I'm playing it, and, like, somebody recorded me on a phone because it was over on the in the development uh, side. And somebody's recording me, and they just send me this video, and they go, look at this idiot. Right. And I, I like, <laughs> open it up, and I'm sitting there in my Kobe jersey shooting jump shots. Right. And, like, you know, yeah. and, and until you look back at what you look like with one of these devices, so on, you don't know what you're talking about. But right. like, when you see yourself playing, you're like, all right, I'm never playing this in public. Right, ever, right. You know? so good. But it, it's it's such a – but that that's what's that's so cool about VR to me is it, it sucks you in, and yeah. you're, the whole outside world is gone. And yep. I, I wasn't a believer – personally, I wasn't a believer in VR, but I'm really glad to see that there's – uh, developers and games that are coming out now that are able to kind of find um, traction with it and really do different stuff. And like the NBA 2K VR experience, like, of course, like check it out if you have a VR unit. It's really cool. Like it, you're shooting a basketball, three point shots, trick shots. Um, it's It feels really empowering. And like, you, you know, now with the motion controls, you know, you aim it. I'm sure you, you guys can talk about this, but you shoot it. Yeah, yeah. You're, if you're off, you're going to miss. And that's right. kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think it's a really, it's a fun experience. You know, you get that NBA 2K experience and it's kind of like, uh, contained in this VR world, and I, I just I really thought it was a lot of fun. So it's it's really cool to hear you guys like it, and hopefully fans are enjoying it. You know, to, that when they actually try it, because like I said, any trailer that you release in VR yeah. or anything yeah. is going to look way worse than when you're actually in it and you're like, because once you once you're in those games, you can go talk to friends that have done it compared to friends that are like, oh, I saw the trailer and it looks right. kind of like normal. It's like when you're in those experiences, man. Totally. Yeah, different. exactly. It, yeah. Which which like makes it a hard thing to market, like VR in general, because because yeah. I wasn't a believer until I went to uh, GDC and and to CES and I started playing with those early Oculus versions, and I was mm, like, oh, this yeah. is incredible, you know. And and it actually made me spend way more than I normally spend on one device <laughs> to get one, and like I don't regret it at all because I've had some fantastic experiences with it. Oh, I agree. Right. I'm, the, I'm the same way. I was very like hesitant uh, just with the whole VR thing and coming in the industry. You know, I, what was it? The uh, 
the 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 Game Boy device. What was that? Oh, Virtual Boy. Oh, Virtual Boy. Like I remember playing that when I was a kid. I'm like, this is cool. But like, imagine if there was colors and (laughs) it was like, oh, you had a color red. You had one color. It was the Kool Aid. It was the ghetto Kool Aid of Uh, game consoles. Yeah, man. See, see, some of these, some of these younger kids, they don't. I know they have no idea what we're talking about. Like, okay, so a quick tangent. So two weeks ago, I flew down. Uh, and went to this thing called um, the Arcade Expo. It was the third year oh, they nice. did it. And oh, yeah. if you've ever seen The King of Kong right. or um, uh, Snake versus Man, these are two yep. video game documentaries. Billy Mitchell and Walter Day were actually there. So I got a trip oh, out okay. of it because I thought, I thought Billy did you Mitchell get, did was Did you get some be. hot sauce from Billy Mitchell? I, you know, he let, he let me try it. And I'm not a good? hot sauce fan. It was really good. Oh, <laughs> it was okay. really good. But here's okay. the crazier thing, right? So I'm like... So the, okay, so, so let me tell two stories. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> great, so the first, great. the first time I met Ronnie, it was back when Twitter had a very small, it was like ninety by ninety. You couldn't expand profile pictures. Right. So he had a right. picture with Tim Lincecum. I couldn't tell that was Tim Lincecum. If you remember that picture, and Tim Lincecum actually stood on a chair, so he was taller than Ronnie. Ah. So, nice. so when I found out, oh no, that's Ronnie, right? It was remember these are really small pictures back in the day on Twitter back then. I um. When I went to walk in for my interview, here comes Ronnie, and he's like six six. six he's yeah. like super tall. <laughs> and I'm feeling short. And I'm like, damn, Ronnie's actually really tall. And I'm like, wow, I thought Tim Lincecum was you. And we always laugh about that. He's right. like, no, Lincecum sit on a chair because he wanted to look taller than me. And I said, fine. Yeah. So when I when I went to the arcade expo, I'm like, Billy Mitchell's going to be like, you know, maybe six. I'll give him five nine to be tall. I'll give him right. a five ten. Right. Right. Yeah. I walk over. Billy Mitchell's like six five, dude. Like, <laughs> he has this presence, and I'm like, wow. dude, this dude is like Ronnie. Like, I immediately told my cousin. I, I looked at my cousin in the eyes because oh, we, so we grew up playing video games together, right? So this, uh, I looked at my cousin in the eye, and I'm like, damn, man, it reminds me of Ronnie. And we just started laughing because we're like, this dude's not like a little dweeb. He's like a big right. dude who has a you know big presence about him. And uh, you know, it was it was actually really funny. We walked up to him, and my cousin was like, yo, Billy, like. My, you know, I, I lost my marriage. Uh, my my kids don't see me anymore, but I will whoop your ass in Donkey Kong. Anyway. <laughs> and like, and so my cousin, like, he just kind of, so I, like, I look over and I'm like, don't do this, Ryan. And like, Billy Mitchell looks over and he goes, he like points right behind him and he goes, you see that, you see that machine right there, son? He goes, I set the world record for Donkey Kong on this machine. He goes, you want to step up? You come right now and you play Woo! Donkey Kong. Woo! And my cousin's like, my cousin's like, I'm just fucking kidding around. Right? Don't, you know? don't mess <laughs> with like, Billy, yo. Oh, man. Hey, those guys wow. are serious. I and mean, you know what was cool about yeah, that? Billy doesn't play. No, he doesn't play. And you know what the cool thing about it is? They had every arcade you could imagine. So they had just these rows of arcades, like probably like 25 rows of arcades that just stretch forever. And, you, you know, you go to this thing and it, it was in Banning, California. So it was right next to the Palm Desert area where I grew up. So I actually got to go mm. home and see my grandma, uh, who is 94, bless her heart, oh, still man, kicking God it. Bless. Has awesome. the mind of a 21-year-old. Wow. Um, she's awesome, you know. She's, she's one of my inspirations in life. But uh, God bless grandma. But uh, I got to see my mom and then I got to see some family. And then we went to the Arcade Expo. We played arcades all oh, day. Man, you know? that's heavy. It was oh, so, man, that's heavy. It was so cool because it was free play on every machine. So imagine when you were a kid, when you're going to the arcades and, like, I have this story, and sorry, I have going off. Hey, man, I have this story. When I was a little kid, 
like my dad and my uncle were twins and sometimes they were a little cheap you know like i'm talking like here's three <laughs> here's three dollars we're at pizza hut go play the spider-man arcade or go play the simpsons right everybody right. remembers the simpsons yes. right? oh yes. man simpsons was the ultimate co-op game growing up yeah. so my cousin and i we always got to the last part on like three dollars three dollars wow. meant nothing back then you know what i mean nope. like you got hosed when you had three dollars you right. needed like 20 to like drop in some games yeah. to win because right. then they would do things to make your life go down really fast right so my cousin and I, probably 10 to 30 times in our lifetime, no exaggeration, would get to the end of the Simpsons arcade game. And all we wanted to do was beat the game. And every time I said, no, Ryan, I got it. And I would take his quarter and I would insert it into my life every time wow. I fell. Every single time. So now now you have 20 seconds. You have 20 seconds. The, the timer's going down. 20 19. Uh, and back then, for those that didn't understand arcades, is you had 20 seconds to put in more money or your game was over. That's right. right. No, you know, so I, we would run over to our dads. Right. Dad, give me one more dollar. Right. Give us two that's more dollars, need. right? That's all I right? need. And that's all I need. Right. And every single time, man, my dad being the chief master that he was, he would be like, no. You know what? We're we're leaving because they would want to go. They ate their pizza. Oh. Right? And every time we failed, and I still give my dad crap about it. Right. I still go, Dad, yeah, that is could you really? You really couldn't afford another dollar for us. And he, would you, you know, he laughs now. You? But we had free play at the arcade expo, and I could say, I'm 30 years old. I finally beat the Simpsons arcade nice. game with my cousin. Nice. It was amazing. So I, I, that was like a life. I know that's on the bucket list, and people yeah. are gonna be like, "What the hell is he that's talking about?" Saying. That was a bucket list item, and it's done. We got it. Oh, we did it. Oh, <laughs> No, it's a great game. If if I remember, it's like Mr. Burns in a mech suit, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Cheap. Cheap. Yes. Oh, super yeah. Cheap. Super cheap. So, uh, super cheap. so, so, one question is: As you were getting dragged out of the shop, did you like turn back and and watch the countdown get to zero, and, and like shed one I mean, tear? And I, was turn to black to, and white? I was trying to hustle for that quarter yes. more than anything, right? right. So I'm like, Dad, right? You I'm over like, there doing Dad. the Harlem Shake? It was like, yeah, he was like, Dad, come on, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll like do my chores. I'll, you know, whatever you want. You know, and he's just like, they didn't understand. Because growing up, like, my dad was always, we had a great sports connection, but he never understood why, like, video games. Right, he's like, you right, need to do sure. something that's more productive. Like, this is just kind of all, you know, like, this isn't going to help you in the future. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, it, it actually brings, like, I could see that back in the day when I, you know, was growing up. It brought a joy. Like, I remember being in my friends' houses. And we would be up all night, not going out and, you know, dicking off. We'd be playing N64. We'd be playing four-player co-op on a couch. And mm-hmm. that's something that I feel like in the world of online play, you kind of lose that yeah. in-the-room yeah. co-op yeah. kind yes. of um, atmosphere and, and that kind of vibe that, like, the N64 game gave you growing up. So, like, that's what's cool about, like, when you're playing 2K head-to-head and you have somebody in the room with you. Like, yes. you get that back a lot. and. Mm-hmm. That's something that I really like about, you know, games today when you have that ability to play like couch co-op, you know, my, my mm. wife likes playing Halo couch co-op, stuff like that. Like that's that's fun. We share memories. And I know there's a lot of people. I have a lot of friends that are my age that have kids now and they're bringing them up on like the old school stuff first. The right. NES, you know, then they're getting promoted to the N64. Right. Or Genesis, yeah. right? So like that that's cool when you um when you when you have that uh, kind of thing going. So. Yeah, I think my dad was more like anti-gaming and that's more of it. But I, I like mm-hmm. really look mm-hmm. back and I'm like, dude, 
you gave us like two dollars dad right right yeah. <laughs> you know my dad made pretty good money like i know now like i'm just like you were really an a-hole for that right. one because, like, that was to like to like a seven and nine year old that was like everything in the world you know you don't have any other problems our problem was every time we went to pizza hut which we didn't have we couldn't go to pizza every night right all we did was like like my blood sugar would go low because i wouldn't eat my pizza i just want to go for the six so, like, so I, we had a laugh about that but we finally conquered it and uh that was a fun moment for yeah, man. Hey, man, this um, is the next time you're in Chicago, make word. sure you co- come to the Galloping Ghost Arcade because it's yes. the world's largest arcade. Yeah. The world's largest and arcade. We- and like Arcade Expo, you pay yeah. one fee, 15 bucks, yep. free play, all of, all of the arcade games. All yep. the ar- arcade games you want, they're all there. There are, I think, something like five or 600 machines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, dope. it's amazing. Yes, one thing that they uh, so I was talking to Walter Day, and for those that don't know Walter Day, it's kind of funny. I um, I totally forgot about this, but we worked with Twin Galaxies during the MLB oh. Perfect Game Challenge a couple yes. years ago. Oh, right. So Twin Galaxies, for those that don't know, is like a um, a site that Walter Day founded back in I think the '80s. I want to say the '80s when during the arcade <laughs> heyday, and he basically was like, "We need a place where we can kind of like record records and like make right. it." And now, and now, Twin Galaxies works with the Guinness Book of World Records right. on any anything gaming, right. uh, any gaming records. So, one of the, the the cool thing was is I, I I didn't really get a chance to talk to Billy Mitchell too much, uh, but I was like really stoked to kind of talk to Walter Day because that that's like the, <laughs> that's like the godfather of esports in a lot of right. ways. Like think yeah. about this: like you had kids in yeah. the '80s, like go watch Man vs. Snake, and then it's it's a great video game documentary. And they literally had to play for two days, like forty eight straight hours, to get that record what they were trying to go for the first arcade game that gave them a billion score a billion right right? so like so like they were going through like you know 48 straight hours of playing this i i saw the game was called nibbler it was like snake on the old motorola phones remember that oh yeah sure it it was kind of it was like the original snake right people don't really know about nibbler right the documentary came out i think i think i want to say 2016 i think it came out last year maybe 2015 but I watch those because I'm a total nerd and I love watching stuff like that. <laughs> right on. And I, when I when I went in there and I, I saw Nibbler, I'm like, I told my cousin, I'm like, let's set the world record, 48 straight hours, right? So I couldn't last <laughs> four minutes on this thing, you know. And then I then like I was standing there, and I don't know if it's because I haven't played arcade games in you know 15 years, or whatever, but my wrist started hurting. And I told my cousin, I'm like, damn, it's been like three minutes and my wrist is hurting. Like, how do you do this for? Right. How do you do this for so long? Right. It just it blows my mind. So like you you think about that, and Walter Day kind of he recognized before records were a thing, and now you look at the the gaming um, uh, platform of speed running, and mm. speed running is something that's really interesting and takes a, a very high level of skill to pull off or high scores, um, you know, and all that that leaderboard stuff. Like Walter Day was kind of like the godfather of esports. I say that because he was the first one to have the innovation or the um, the vision to record that stuff and actually be able to share that out with the world. And so you saw these, these kids in the eighties, you know, before you had the internet and you could like go look up how to do something right. or go watch a YouTuber say, Hey, here's a way to cheese it. Or, you know, like whatever <laughs> it is for any kind of game, they just kind of didn't have any of that. That was just like pure skill, pure focus. And like some of the stuff they did, like name me a game today where you sit for 24 or 48 straight hours right and oh you're God. doing a world record like that is insane man and like that stuff was really cool to me so i had a cool conversation with walter day and we were talking 
uh, esports actually and, and stuff like that. But um, uh, it's it's pretty cool to to see them there because they they kind of have I think a pretty important part of video game culture that maybe not a lot of people understand uh, mm-hmm. or care about. But it, for me, uh, I think it's pretty cool to look back at a time that was so important to the video game industry, right? Mm. And um, you know, I don't know. I just thought Arcade Expo was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of fun there. Went out there on my own dime and got to just play games with my cousin. It just kind of brought that joy uh, back for a little bit of being a little kid. And I think that's 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 cool because I always talk about passion, man. There it is. You know, like sports and games were my passion. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe a little too much, but uh, tell you what, it's a lot of fun. Yes, yes, it is. And and speaking of sports and games, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about a sports game that just released. On the PlayStation 4, MLB The Show 18, or MLB yep. 18 The Show. I'm not sure what it is called anymore because uh, they keep changing it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's MLB The Show. 18. I think it's The Show. Yeah, but they, they, right. they did recently change. It's like uh, Namco Bandai. So, uh, <laughs> yep. or Nam- uh, Bandai Namco. Um, so, Chris, did you have you uh, had a chance to play... Uh, the show um, this year's version, and uh, if so, obviously, what do you think? But um, do you guys sit back and talk about it in 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 the uh, in the office of like you know what these guys are doing versus what you guys are doing, and and uh, kind of have a, a friendly a friendly rivalry between the different sports? I think it's always good to. Uh not just sports games. I think a lot of people get caught up in uh, competition is other sports games. Like we're, you know, I, I think we look at everything as competition. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So I play games because I'm a gamer and I love it. And when I see something that I can bring to the table, that might be an idea or say, wow, this game over here is doing something really cool or they're doing something socially. That's really cool. Like it's, it's really awesome, but there is a separation of what our vision is, what we're doing and then taking those ideas and kind of sprinkling them in. Right. And I think everybody, you know, who is in gaming is looking at other things. Um, but, you know, our main focus is, and the developer's main focus is to make the best basketball game that we can produce, you know, and that's always number one focus. Um, that being said, like, yeah, I, I always am looking at other things and ideas and looking at what the industry is doing. I'm a, I'm a fan of the industry. I'm a fan of gaming, and I'm, I'm really blessed to be a part of NBA 2K because we have such a phenomenal game. Right. But um, I haven't played the show this year yet, Um I'm not, you know, it's funny. I'm not a big baseball guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. It's the one sport that I just kind of love watching around playoff time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Or it's the fact that when I was paying in college to go to a bunch of Dodger games, Frank McCourt completely screwed the fans yes. over and yes. made <laughs> made parking parking lot about $300 to park in a spot. And if you know Dodger oh, Stadium right. in Los Angeles, you have to drive up the hill to yes. get to Dodger Stadium. Yes. You can't park and commute because it's Los Angeles. Right. Uh, so that kind of spoiled me from, uh, you know, I'm a Dodger fan and I have to keep that kind of quiet cause you'll get killed up here in the Bay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'm a Dodger fan. You know, it's like, Hey, Giants fans. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's tough for me to get into, to, uh, you know, baseball in general, but, um, I, you know, I'm always looking at what the industry's doing to sure. answer your question. I think there's people that are, uh, definitely playing, a lot of stuff out there to uh, to get their own feedback on it, and also to have those debates and discussions. And it's healthy, man. I mean, the whole the whole industry is supposed to bring you know joy and entertainment to people. And Absolutely. there's a lot of great companies out there. Um, again, that I, I, I as a community manager, I just give a lot of props to, and uh, you know, really appreciate as a fan of gaming. And I 
I think when I stop being a fan is when it's personally for me time to move on from a position like this because uh, it's always about my passion, man. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a stubborn sob, man. I, I I'm <laughs> passionate and full in, or I'm out. You know, that's just always how I've been. Oh man! Well, we are full into this episode. This episode is yeah, dope. This is, really this is I like so the stories. Dope. So the stories dope. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna all catch our breaths. We may play some VR stuff in the break, and then we're gonna come right back after this. Hey, Bricago, this is Kali speaking. One quick thing that we want to do is shout out some folks who are doing some great work. Uh, the folks over at Open Source Bridge are having a conference. Uh, and we're going to let our friend Sarah, who is a listener and fan of the show, give you a little bit of information about it. Take it away, Sarah. Hi, uh, I'm Sarah, and I'm helping organize Open Source Bridge, an annual community conference in its ninth year in Portland, Oregon. OSB hosts over 500 developers, hardware hackers, and community organizers. We have five tracks this year, activism, culture, hacks, practice, and theory. For any and all of those tracks, we are interested in people like you who'd like to speak about open source tools for game development. The deadline for submissions is April 9th. Go to opensourcebridge.org and click on the Submit a Talk button. OSB will be held this year on June 20th to June 23rd at the Elliott Center in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can reach us at info at opensourcebridge.org. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Spawn Me Podcast, episode 157. Man, we've been hanging out with Chris Manning, LD2K, from the 2K NBA series franchise. Man, we're going we're gonna to switch it up a little bit. We're going to move a little bit from the digital version of the game and talk a little bit about the real-world version of the game because, again, we're all big fans of the NBA and of basketball. We've been playing this, playing this game and watching this game for a very long time. One of the things that I want to ask you, Chris, is because we've been having our little in-between conversations. C and I have our own little mini fights about the crazy-ass trades that he wants to make in his life <laughs> in the NBA. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, you are smoking the best crack that I've ever seen someone smoke. So the biggest question right now is the MVP race, right? MVP race is going to be madness. We always see that there are going to be those contenders. People are throwing out names like Harden is going to be in there. We know Westbrook is going to be in the in, in contention because he's averaging a triple double for the most part for this year. Who, what's your thoughts on who's going to take it? Who do you think is going to get it? Who do you think is going to get the shaft this year? Uh, and, and what are you what are you thinking about that? I think James Harden is going to win it okay. because now 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 I didn't say I want that. I no, said I, know, I, I, know, I, I know. think that here's my pros and cons to that. My pros are it makes sense when you look at the history of MVP voting. It's always teams that are winning. Yes. Okay. Right. Kobe right. got shafted a couple years. Yes. He should have three MVPs in yes. his career. And I'm not making this about Kobe, but just hear me out. Yes. He was bad. Steve Nash was great that year. Steve Nash didn't have the best numbers of his career the year that he won. Kobe, you know, pretty much averaged 35, 36 per game, which was the most in recent history in NBA. And, you know, the thing that's so crazy about that year was um, he carried arguably one of the worst <laughs> rosters to, to the playoffs. Yeah. And, um, you know, I say that respectfully. No, uh, who's on that squad? Who's on that so squad? So here's the starter. Here, here's the starters. Smush Parker. Smush Parker. Smush. Oh, oh, God. Hey, sh- oh, oh uh, God. Just, I just want to say real quick. Yeah. Smush Parker is yes. uh, my ex-wife's oh, cousin. God. He's your cousin? So, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I like, I, yeah. I like Smush. Shout out, shout out to Smush. 
All right, shout out to Smush. When you were a Laker, we cheered for you. Right. Um, Smush Parker, uh, Kobe Bryant, Luke Walton at the three, Lamar Odom at the four, Kwame Brown at the five. There you go, Kwams. Now, now, uh, you know, obviously Lamar's a great player. Luke was a great player. But, you know, they were – when the Lakers started winning championships, those two were on the bench. Okay. Right, right. So here's – and Smush wasn't a part of that team, and Kwame Brown was not a part of that team. But Kwame brought me Pau Gasol, so respect to you, Kwame. Right. Um, (laughs) Now, now, uh, Kobe took that team. When the MVP voting came around, his team's not good enough. They're not a top seed, right? And here's here's my problem with – the media and how they vote. And I hear a lot of this up here. I hear Kevin Durant should be in the MVP race. Now here's my, what? what? right? Here's my problem. And you tell me if this is not hypocrisy. Okay. If you're going to sit here and say, because Kevin Durant came to this team, which by the way, they don't have a better record than last year. They don't play as good of basketball as they did last year, in my opinion. But what I will say is I understand that line of thinking but those same media people with the vote that are saying that are saying, but Westbrook should not be MVP because his team's bad. I don't right. like that line of thinking. You can't have it both ways. But but you not can't o- have yeah. it both ways. Not only that, not only that, but you take that line of thinking, you say you took the best player off of one team and moved them to another team with other great players with a two time MVP on on the on the on his new roster, and the other guy that he left is averaging a fucking triple double and that guy right. is not better than the guy that left? Yeah, but 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 to, you know, to to um Chris's point, like the the Thunder's record is not great. They're in the playoffs. Right? They're in the so playoffs. They I think are in the playoffs, I think it's but... ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous for anybody to sit here and say that Russell Westbrook is not a unanimous MVP oh, this unanimous. A, a unanimous, unanimous MVP candidate no. this year. He's well, on, averaging well, on, a triple double. This is uh, one of those on, things on, that on. you that you never, you never thought you would see. Here, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. How and this this is where it gets into NBA politics and league politics and all that yeah. stuff. Do we think because Russ is Russ is not the happy go lucky right. like I'm chipper and happy and stuff and and Harden isn't either. But he's more amicable yeah. than yeah. Russ is. Harden's, do you Harden's think that the politics little... is? Do you think that that's the, that that may be the reason why he doesn't get it this year? I, I think that could. I think that definitely plays into it. Definitely, I think that that a, a lot of people that have the votes have been around for a while, and they do. I think expect a certain representative of the NBA to act mm. a certain way. Um, I don't think that comes into play. Like it's not like Iverson or someone, right? Right, like, right, right. Like right. it's not like it's someone different. that is like that 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 like the business people hated. You know, I mean, I mean, Westbrook is bringing a lot of you know casual fans to like care about watching like a regular season game. You know, when like mm-hmm. you're in kind of the doldrums of the season where like a lot of people kind of tune out. So I don't I don't think it affects Westbrook as much as I would think, especially because like Harden, you know. Um, you know, he's kind of the same way as well, but the Rockets are doing amazing. Right. And like, he's playing amazing, but for the triple double argument, see, um, you know, I kind of agree with this kind of line of thinking that I first heard on, um, the starters, which is one of my favorite NBA podcasts where like, it's a great, great show where like, uh, they were saying like, Hey, you know, there's, if you look at what people average it, there's a lot of people that like average, you know, near a triple double right 
um, is it should should you automatically give the MVP to like a someone that grabbed a few more rebounds every game, but they're in like the fifth or sixth seed of the you know of the playoffs now. Now, uh, me, I mean, can I re- can I respond to that? Yeah, sure, sure. yeah, yeah. Jump in, yeah, jump yes. in. All right, I'm I'm fired up. All right, yes, yes exactly. exactly. So exactly. for the, for for those, I think we're on the same page here. For those people that are saying that, though, guess what? The Golden State Warriors came pretty close, starters, to winning the title last year, right. but they didn't <laughs> win the title, right. starters. Right. Okay. A lot of people come pretty close to averaging a triple double, but, they but only the big O Oscar Robinson, right. Oscar Robinson right. ever did that. Right. So right. for for a player to do that in today's game, right. and by the way, by the way, a lot harder defensively to scheme against a team like the Warriors with all, all their the, options exactly. or the Spurs exactly. than it is to do it against somebody like Kobe in 2005-2006, right. who I compare that season to a lot similar to this season, which is uh, what Restbook is doing. To average a triple-double is complete insanity. That's great that players have come close, but I would say to the starters and the other people out there, the media, he's averaging a triple-double. Now, I don't think he's going to win MVP because of the way the media votes. I can't stand when the media guy says, I have a vote. His team's not good. I'm not voting for that player, right? But you know who I'm I'm going to put a vote in for? Possibly Kevin Durant because his team is good. Let me let me throw something out, okay? I want right, here's something to think about media, fans, people that I love are this. hating. I love okay? this. I and love I, this. And I listen, I'm 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 a big Kevin Durant fan, but I'm going to throw out two things that take away his MVP legitimacy this season. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. And this is nothing against Kevin Durant. He is one of the best if not the best players in the world when healthy. Right. All right, here it is. Last season, there was two stats that stood out to me. One, the most contested, I forget what the stat is exactly called, but basically the amount of defense that is on a player, mm-hmm. just man-to-man oh. defense or double-team defense, you know who had more hands in his face on every shot more than any other player in the league? Not by a very large margin, but he was number one last year. Kevin Durant. Right. More people were defending Kevin Durant last year, okay? And he was taking shots over more contested had more defense draped all over him statistically mm. than any other player. You want to know which player in the league last year dribbled more time on the clock by a large margin before he passed or shot the ball? Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Okay. So now you take Kevin Durant, you put him in a system that's going to get him open shots, right. players that can all pass, a team that went, you know, 73 and nine. Okay. And beat his team in the playoffs. Right. Why would you not expect, knowing those two stats, or unknowingly, and just being a Kevin Durant fan, that he would not elevate his game to another level because he absolutely has with the Warriors. He's been phenomenal, and he will. And the thing that's so crazy to me is, like, the same MVP voter, media guy, that will say, his team's not good. I'm not voting for him. Or, oh, his rebounders are letting him get rebounds. Come on, bro. He's a point guard. The same people that are saying that are going to say, his team's not good. But Kevin Durant's team is. Those two stats should take away any MVP legitimacy from Kevin Durant because, A, he went to a team that was better last year. Right. Mm -hmm. Statistically, record-wise. And... He went to a team. Now, he's hurt, so I think that takes a little bit of it out of the sills, obviously, with his injury. Right. But my point being, like, 
who really thought Kevin Durant wouldn't be drastically better as an NBA player in that system right. than he's been in his previous years? That's an, that's right. asinine to think that way. And anybody that tells you otherwise is complete full of crap, right. in my opinion. Well, well, completely full of crap. Well, let's let's just go let's just go back to last night. You know, again, as, as we all know, peek behind the curtain. We record Thursday nights, so let's talk about Wednesday, March 29th. And Wednesday, March 29th, uh, your boy Russell Westbrook. You know, not the MVP. Uh, only he had what uh, 13, 13 rebounds and eleven assists to go oh along God. with fifty seven points. Fifty NBA history. Fifty seven points. NBA record for uh, someone with a triple double. So not only did he score fifty seven, but he also was able to facilitate and help the team obviously win. But so you know the 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 MVP is for the player that is, you know, I know a lot of times they do it, it's the best player on the best team. Um, right. But the MVP literally means most valuable player. Yeah, it, if it is, you re- is not best player. If best you team. remove, it's not even close. Right, if you remove Westbrook from that team, like if you remove James Harden from the team, it's definitely a worse team. You know, the Rockets. Right. But they're playing in D'Antoni's system. They've got a lot of stuff going on there. Patrick Beverly's playing out of his mind because the system is working really well. My boy Trevor Ariza's doing his thing. Like, everybody is working really well in, in that in that Rockets system. You remove uh, uh, James Harden from that, they're, you know, they're probably not a playoff team. But, you know, but they they could be close. You remove... They're 45. They're 45. Yeah, maybe. But you remove West, Russell Westbrook from, from OKC, you know, where, where the number one option is Victor Oladipo. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're challenging. They're challenging everybody for the most balls in the in the in the lottery yeah. with, without even question. You know, without. Well, I mean, I mean, the Lakers are pretty. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, but you know but what? I, no, the, I, the, the I, Lakers. I the Lakers with, would beat them. I agree with you. The Lakers would beat them seven out of seven times, with, without Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you're, you're. You know what? You're probably right. I unfortunately, though, and this is why I say I don't think he's going to win, is because the, you know the media don't vote like that. They don't think. Yeah. They don't say remove this guy, and that's the thing that's kind of like I always said. If you're if you're a media member, if you're voting, like you should be able to. Any kind of MVP in any kind of sport, you should explain why you voted right. for people. Like there's yeah, those absolutely. people that voted. Like somebody yeah. who is the who is the guy that voted for uh, some dude voted last year for some player that was just not even in the race. It was just kind of like a local market guy, <laughs> right. voted, and it was just like a waste of a vote. It's right. like you should be exposed if you're if you're putting mm-hmm. a vote out there because if you have the privilege of yes. casting an MVP vote, right? Because every barbershop is having this conversation. Exactly. We're having this right, conversation right, on the podcast. right. Then you have a privilege to to cast that vote, and I believe you should you should say, "Hey, I voted for player A or player B, and here's why." And it doesn't mean that you're right or wrong; that's your vote. But you should be able to kind of disclose that, I think, to to your audiences because yeah. again, you are empowered with that vote. And I've always said it's a media award; the MVP is overblown. But man, is right. the discussion fun? Yeah, and absolutely. you know, I I think like I think I just want to throw it out there again, like you know, it, it's like. I'm okay with people picking Harden or Westbrook. I think Harden will ultimately win the MVP because of the wins that they have. That's more consistent with the line of thinking that MVP, MVP, MVP voters give, right? Right, right. So right, right. that to me is why I think he will. But 
I mean, you know me, man. I believe Kobe should have won in 05, 06. Yeah. So you know where my thoughts not, are and who should be the MVP this year, man. You're not wrong. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I also, I, I want Westbrook to get it. But if he does not get it, I think the argument that goes in my mind is that if Westbrook gets it or not, he's still going to be remembered for averaging a triple double. Like he's still going to go mm. in the record books for it. I mean, yes, he'll still um, go in the record books yeah. for it. Like his team won't go in, I think, as a great team unless they do some serious damage no. in the playoffs. Well, no. um, but if Harden doesn't win the MVP, I don't think people are going to even think about this season unless the Rockets win it. Yeah. Okay. When. Wh- by the way, when the Rockets get to the finals, that's my dark horse. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really? I, I, I have a – listen, I'll be the first one to admit I was wrong, but I let me tell you something. I think in a seven-game series, the firepower that they have, when they got Lou Williams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I know they've yeah. – I, I know everything towards the end of the season, some of the losses they've taken recently would say otherwise, on my opinion, but I'm standing pat. I, I think the Rockets <laughs> – will have a very good chance of getting to the finals if the matchups work out and if things kind of unfold the way they will. I'm not saying that's that's definitely going to happen. I, I think people are not giving them enough defensive credit. By the way, same with some of OKC's perimeter defenders. They have some pretty oh, yeah, good yeah, yeah. Taj defense, Gibson, by the way. Taj Gibson um, was really big for them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, it's not like, you know, but here's the thing that's also stupid to me that kind of goes against, like, what some people believe is, like, why are we – punishing a player from like a free agent signed somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we're punishing the player that, that is there right. because he resigned. Like, I, right. I don't understand For that loyalty. line of thinking. That right. ideology, that ideology just kind of like is got, well, his team's not as good. Well, right. yeah, of course, like he <laughs> right. didn't run off and right. join a, another team that was like more established. And by the way, they were 73 and nine. And listen, I'm not criticizing Durant. Durant made every legal right. Every great. Yeah. Durant, based on those two numbers I threw out, Durant made the best, absolute best basketball decision he could have made for his career. Totally. Listen to those two stats I threw out there. I mean, but, you know, the media is so fast to punish these teams that are on the lower end. You're absolutely right, man. A guy... What what more could one person do for a team at this point? (laughs) Like... I don't get it, right. but you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a very I think hot topic on on who wins, yeah. and okay. it wouldn't shock me to see Harden win. Right. It wouldn't shock me to see Westbrook win. Maybe a little bit more than Harden, but okay. man, if there was ever a year for a co MVP, is this really? not it? So I I, I really go go ahead go ahead, Reef, because I could ooh man. So no one's yeah. mentioned Kawhi Leonard. Any Kawhi? Any anyone think he has a shot? Not this year. Grabbing. Nah. Not this year. No, no not, this, not year. this year. I think I mean, he's going to get some votes, man. Oh, uh, he's going to get votes, yeah. though. Uh, I mean, I think he's I done think a hell he of was, a job. He was in the running until he was out of the running. Right, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And, and that's not that's not any disrespect to Kawhi. I mean, right. I think the Warriors game last night, for those that watched right. it, they were up 23-3, oh, yeah. I believe, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Spurs just fell apart. Right. And um, those are big, pivotal moments because – if you look at why it was so important, the Spurs, uh, the Spurs, of course, lost out on the first seed. And why that's important is because now, whoever the second seed was in the West, it wasn't the fact that the Warriors, if they would have got the second seed, or the Spurs, it wasn't the fact that they lost out on home court that would have been the problem. The problem would have been the second seed, if you look at the road to the finals, pun intended, you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. if, if you look to the road to the finals, you now have to go through the Warriors – and Houston. Right. And I think that's like a kind of a problem now to, um, you know, or it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be tough at that two seed 
it's going to be the toughest road, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, I think it was really important for the Spurs to have a big, you know, game that game and prevent them from having, because now if you're Kerr, aren't you going to rest your players? Oh yeah. Like, like now you have the luxury of maybe, you know, playing your players half the minutes or whatever. Cause really the rest of the season doesn't matter. Right, other than right. You're getting your guys healthy. Yeah. And, and that's, that's in credit to the, to the Warriors, what they were able to do without Durant. I mean, they struggled a little bit and then they you know, listen, they're a great team. And Draymond Green, in my opinion, should be Defensive Player of the Year. He should have won it couple past couple of years, in my opinion. Um, and I, I listen. I, Draymond is a fiery player. He's very emotional. Uh, as as a fan of one team and going up against him, I can't stand it. Sure. As a fan <laughs> of basketball passion and how he plays, and I, I really enjoy watching him play outside of the nut kicking. Right. right. Um, <laughs> so right. you know, it, it, he's he's a great dude. But man, like, yeah. but you know, like the Warriors are still. They have some very phenomenal players that at any night Clay can go off. And listen, Clay's perimeter defense is so insane. He doesn't give enough. Yeah. He doesn't get enough defensive credit That's for how true. great he is. Think about how much energy a dude has to go out there on both ends of the court and do what he does. Like yeah. seriously, he's he's a yeah. he's a phenomenal player. Uh Draymond enough said, you know, like uh, and obviously Steph, you know, like they, they, they held it down. They deserved the one seed and, and listen, that's that they, they proved it when they lost Durant. And so now they're in a good position. Uh, Spurs are in a little bit of a tougher position. So that's kind of, I look at that as, is uh, I feel like the Spurs kind of gave up a really big opportunity to get that one seed. And I think if they got that one seed, you could put Kawhi in the MVP race. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I just statistically, if you look at what he's doing, uh, phenomenal year, by the way. I mean, you can tell the training. I'm always going to bring it back to Kobe. The training he did with Kobe, <laughs> operating out of that mid post, is beautiful when you Sweet. watch Kawhi. Because I see so much Kobe in him off the dribble, one dribble pull ups. It's great. It's been great to watch Kawhi grow. And and Kawhi might have the best resume out of any player his age in NBA history if you look at yeah, all the sure. stuff he's already accomplished. So I'm not taking anything away from Kawhi. It's just Harden and Westbrook are having obviously all time historical seasons. Um, and I, you know, it's to me, it's like Kawhi's number three and a far distant number three from a very close one and two. That's how, that's kind right. of how wow. I, I wow. personally okay. view it. Wow. I, th- I, th- I think he's a little closer, but I, I do agree that it'll probably be Westbrook or like Harden. But I kind of I kind of want Kawhi to get more votes than people think, because I feel like he's really he could. I really like yeah. that. He could. Right. Right. I mean, but he's he's a he's a likable but forgettable guy. And and that may that may. Well, I don't know if he's 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 a spur. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Spurs don't. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, he fits. Like, they're he not fits, out there. He being fits flashy, directly like into that into them. their archetype of yes. of what of what being a spur is. You know, very unassuming. Just go out there, you do your job, and you do your job phenomenally well. I want to talk yeah. about um, the 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 thing that you alluded to as we're talking about the Spurs. Um, the 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 other the part two of last night, which was. Uh, Golden State going into San Antonio, playing the Spurs, being down by 22 at one point during the game, and then coming back and winning the game by 12 yeah, against nice. against this team that is a perennial NBA, you know, NBA uh, uh, Finals contender, NBA Championship contender, without arguably their best player in Kevin Durant. Now, Chris and and everybody, do you guys think? that they really did they need Kevin Durant did they need to build a super team uh you know their record isn't as good as it was last year obviously talent wise across the board from you know from 1 to to 14 
they're they're a better team. And don't uh by the way, while I'm saying this, don't sleep on Kevon Looney. That kid can yeah. shoot. Holy shit, yep. that kid can shoot. Um mm-hmm. so I, I can't wait until uh we overpay for him a, in New York. <laughs> um so, <laughs> so by, by the way, by, by the way, Looney, all the draft stuff, it's not no coincidence that Jerry West Right. Is the mastermind behind all that? Yes. So, yes. You know, the Lakers stuff. I love yes. it, Chris. I love yeah. it. It's true. It is, true. it is true. It is true. Greatest though. basketball mind ever. I agree. Maybe yeah. outside of Tex Winner. Maybe right. outside of Tex Winner. Okay. All right. True. There you go. Um, but yeah, so, like, do, do we think that the Warriors need Kevin Durant? In order to win the world, uh, in order to win the championship. Now, Chris, you think they won't even make it to the finals? You're, There's a chance they may not yeah, make it to the finals. Houston. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna count right, them out right. because <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you what the difference in the DNA was. Mm-hmm. The Spurs last night when they lost that, the reason why it was shocking that the Warriors came back is because they lost that magic from last year. Last year, right. the mm-hmm. Warriors pulled games out of right. their ass that they should not have won all season. Right. Like I watched all the Warriors games last season because right. it's historic, and they were down in a lot of games. All yeah. of a sudden, a ten point. A 10-point game in two minutes was a race. That left this year Mm -hmm. because that's why I believe they played better basketball last year. Now, let me tell you why they needed – I don't know if they necessarily needed a Kevin Durant, but they obviously lost on their home court in Game 7. Let me Mm. tell you why they're in better shape this year, even though though I've admitted that they're not playing as good of basketball when you look at overall basketball being played. They they somehow tend to – disappear in these big moments last year in the finals in the last two finals curry statistically out of any mvp that's ever played the game don't get mad at me i'm just talking statistics. <laughs> statistically any mvp to ever play the game you want to know who has the worst finals numbers in nba history steph curry not curry really stephen curry really? okay so now let me yeah go look it up so yeah. I come with the I come with the ammo. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you, so do you so, mean so Waddell he, Stephen Curry the second? So, but <laughs> yeah, right, right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that of why I think Kevin Durant is going to help them win a title because you still have your core there. You're all in your athletic prime, give or take. Right, right. But here's the thing. That's the difference, right? What was it that broke them down in the series against Cavaliers? Here's what it was. They stopped hitting shots. Yeah. They looked mm. unsure of themselves. They couldn't get that swagger back. Remember how I just talked about the magic that we haven't seen all year? All of a sudden, the Warriors had it for one game against the Spurs, and the world's like, oh, my God, 22-point comeback. Last year, that was like no news. Yeah, that was right. Not- right, right. Here, here, here's the true. difference, though. When they needed a one-on-one, put your head down, go to the basket, like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, right? They needed that in the finals, and they came up short because – for whatever reason, nobody stepped up in that role when it counted the most, right? Mm. And now they have arguably the best one-on-one offensive player in the world on their team to help carry them Mm -hmm. through those moments of when you need to give the ball to somebody and clear the F out of the way, right? And that's now what they have. They have arguably the best one-on-one player in the league right now today, offensively. In Kevin Durant. So, assuming he comes back because he's looking good, he's, he's now shooting, which I'm happy to see. I never want to see a team lose to injuries because it sucks right. for anybody that's been a fan of a team that's had injuries, which is pretty much a lot of NBA fans. Oh, Patrick um, Ewing. You know, like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> Brandon Roy comes to mind for my friend oh, who's a big man. Portland fan. Like, I things really like am. that. 
I want to see players healthy, even if I despise. I want to see every Celtic player healthy when, when they're playing my Lakers, even though I can't stand the color green. I refuse to wear it. I have no green in my wardrobe whatsoever. Okay? I'm, I'm with you. I'm so, with you, though. I'm so with you for real. I want players to be healthy, but you went from a team playing the best systematic basketball, arguably in NBA history statistically last year, 73-9, and nine, speaks for itself, to having these big kind of moments, getting back to the finals, and then something went wrong. To me, it was... Who are you giving the ball to at the end of the game to say, right. give me the effing ball, get the hell out of the way, and let me go to work, let me operate. Now, that's not the way this, the Warriors played. I understand that. But the way the Warriors played last year, when they went up against a healthy Cavs team, mm-hmm. right, yes. which wasn't the case two years exactly. ago, they needed that one-on-one player. Now they have him. That's going to tremendously benefit them in the postseason this year with with the the weapons that they have. And I think that's going to be a problem. Now, now the reason why I say – I think the Rockets could could get past them depending on matchups is that I, I think the Rockets, if they get red hot, they're going to be pretty tough to beat. They have a little bit of that last year's Warriors DNA in terms of three-point shooting where they mm. just might win in a, in a great Western shootout. You know, right, like they right. just might mm-hmm. have enough firepower if they get playing and they get rolling at any point in the game to do that. And I think in a seven-game series, it's going to be tough. Um, but at the same time, the Rockets really have no answer for Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No uh, so it, it's, it's going to be matchup issues, you know, in a seven game series, it's going to be the adjustments that teams make, but listen, the Warriors now have the best one-on-one player. It infuriates people that he went there, but it makes sense. Those two stats that I threw out earlier, it makes sense that he went there. It was the best basketball decision for him. And I think it, you know, it was good for the NBA on a global scale because we have this super team that everybody's interested in and, you know, they're likable, but now they're not likable because Durant's the villain. But listen, now they have a shot to prove this is what they assembled for. And I don't know if he comes back, if they kind of continue to click and roll and he's going to come back at a time where they're not going to be trying to, they're going to be experimenting, but not really playing basketball because they have that one seed. So I listen, I, I give a lot of respect to those players. Those guys know each other, but it's a different dynamic for what I just mentioned, you know, and um, there's no doubt though that if the Warriors get it rolling to their full potential, that they can win the championship, but they still have to beat the Cavs and the Cavs have that uh, mental advantage. And I still in a seven game series against any team in the league, even with their defensive problems and they have major defensive problems. They shouldn't be first in defense in NBA 2K17, Mike Stoff, but (laughs) (laughs) just saying that, Go look at their numbers. Uh, but, uh, you know, like they, they have their problems, I think, um, defensively that are, are big. But I think they're just kind of following the LeBron train, which is kind of on half throttle right now. Once right, the playoffs right. start, it's going to be full steam ahead. And I think the team will pick up the level of play. And they kind of proved that last year when they were down one to three. You don't win a series being down one and three in the NBA finals unless you have that, you know, that fortitude to really go balls out on both ends and like make that happen, especially against a team at 173 and nine. So, you know, as much as people want to say, oh, the Warriors choked, let's give the Cavs a lot of damn credit that they came back through those four straight games or three straight games and, you know, were able to really, you know, make that comeback. And so I think when, when uh, you know, the finals come around, it's going to be interesting if we do see the Warriors and Cavs again to see how that series plays out because, you know, Durant's going to be more hungry than ever to win because yeah. he's been to the big stage before mm-hmm. and they lost, you know. But so I just LeBron. think, man, people are not giving the Rockets enough defensive credit. And, yeah, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but oh my yeah, God. they might they might give – they might they might get to the finals, man. They might. Oh, man. So we have a, we have a couple more questions because we've been, we've been rolling. This is so dope. I'm so excited. This is happy. 
My question to you is, because this is a thing of all the things that happened in the NBA season, there is one spot that always kind of hits or miss. Yes. And you just came from Vegas. Yeah. You were at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. What do we do about the dunk contest? How do we fix the dunk contest? I have one. I have well, I have two things that I think would definitely help. Yeah. One, and, and they already did it this year by removing Dr. J from the building. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. So I'm happy. I'm so I'm happy about that because Dr. J is the, the most haterific. He's the, the most hate. The most haterific judge of all haterific dunk judges. And two, as we saw with the the dunk contest this year, we have to remove people who are bigger than six nine. <laughs> all six nine and up people need to be removed. You can't have tall people dunking because they make it look too easy and they make it boring. Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka right. and JaVale McGee had dope dunks yeah, exactly. when, they were, when they were in the dunk contest. I mean, JaVale had, had that double dunk, man. Yeah. He dunked two balls, That joint man. was garbage. Anyway, well, Chris, Chris yeah. go ahead. So <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's my take on it, right? Like when we were growing up, we weren't watching guys that are great dunkers in the dunk contest. We were seeing super the perennial right. dunkers, superstars, the stories we were invested in, right? Now, right. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine last year brought it back to that 80s, 90s kind of, like, greatness, right? That was Agreed. unbelievable. Agreed. But, you know, the thing that really gets me about the dunk contest is the props, man. Like, the props <laughs> are killing it for me. Now, now there's two – it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because I will admit – what else left is there for guys to do? Right. Like, honestly, just if you were to say, go make a new dunk up, how many guys could actually perform a dunk? Now, we're seeing these mixtapes of these, like, amateur dunkers yes. doing things, and you're like, look, I, guys doing, like, a 720 spin and behind his back, between his legs, backflip, double front right. flip. It's right. like, what? Right. Not, not, these NBA guys aren't going to be able to do it's that, some of kick. them, you know. Yeah, like, you know, but, you know, at the same time, I don't know, because last year, the whole All-Star event last year, I thought all the events, every single one actually was really fire. Yeah. It was really fun to yeah. watch. Yeah, it was. If you remember, it was like it was like one of the best nights in a long time. Um, if you want to get back to that 2000 level, uh, you know, LeBron, I would love as a fan to step up and do it. Yeah. I hate the excuses of, oh, we should be paid to do this or we might get hurt. Uh, name me one player that's gotten hurt doing dunks. And, oh, by the way, if you're you're so concerned about getting hurt, how come every time I look on YouTube, you have pregame dunks, dude? <laughs> right. I see Vince right. Carter at age forty doing windmills, yeah. right? right? I'm not, yep. but I'm not criticizing Vince Carter because he did it in 2000 and he had the best dunk contest of all Ever. time. Ever. So you know, I'm not criticizing people like him. Kobe stepped up as a rookie right. and right. showed that he had the testicular fortitude to hold it down and do some nasty dunks. And what people say was a weak dunk contest, but trust me, look back at that dunk contest and compare it to the recent memory ones, and you'll I'm quickly be silent. So, you know, I, I think what they need to do is. The players need to rally behind the dunkers that are truly the ones that need to be there to get in there. That's number one. Um, and, and LeBron's old now. He's definitely never going to do it. But, you're, you know, if he stepped out there, think about the electricity in the building. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and if he stepped out there, guys would step up and say, Absolutely. I want to beat LeBron. Right. Yeah. You know, I want to I beat the best, right? Because they're competitive. They're hyper-competitive NBA players. I just feel like it's become more of a showmanship contest than it has a traditional dunk contest, if that makes sense. Like, right. I don't want right, to see right. a guy dropping a ball out of, like, yeah, a drone, right? right? Like, <laughs> oh, was, I don't care. Bad. It was so bad. I wanted the it, drone but, to work, but, man. but some of the some of the dunks this year weren't terrible. Yeah. There was a few, like, that were like, oh, my God. Glenn but, Robinson did his thing. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, 
it's one of those things where I just feel like there's too many mishaps on dunks. Like, yeah. go watch yeah. the older dunk contest. You rarely saw guys miss dunks. Yeah. And I feel like because they were relying on their athletic prowess. But then again, like, to your point, right? So I say all that, but then I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Then you have judges like Dr. J who are giving out low scores. But then again, who dunks like Dr. J? Exactly. Go look back at the ABA like, tape. People look at his NBA dunks. Go look back at the ABA. Go yeah, do your ABA homework, sucks. children. Go watch what he was doing when he was young. I understand why he's a hater on dunks because this shit don't compare to the ABA dunks that he was throwing down. So I, I don't know. It's it's a tough thing. It's hard to make it more exciting. I think um, I'd like to see bigger perennial dunkers do it. And now we're at the point where now the young guns are all in the NBA. Like once once yeah. Dirk and once you know Wade and Carter are gone, like LeBron even. Like, right? Like, he's in the twilight mm-hmm. of his career, if you look at it. Now you're going to start to see these young guys that are coming into the league that might be able to do something. And um, now now is the time for them to, you know, show their swag and play with their friends because the NBA is a very friend-centric place today. Um, as a hyper-competitor that I am, like, when I played basketball, like, I knew players in leagues that I played in, but when I, when I went up against somebody I knew, I wanted to rip their throat out because that's just yeah. how my DNA was. I was a fan of Kobe growing up, so that's kind of the DNA that I imprinted on myself. Like, you see me posting, like, pro-am videos of 2K <laughs> game winners. Dude, you should hear me. I, I woke up my wife. I screamed at midnight because I was calling for the damn ball at midnight. I hit a game winner scream, <laughs> and she woke up and hit me over the head. She's like, it's midnight, stupid. Shut up. It's midnight. You need to, like, go back. You know, you need to calm down and quiet down because you have your headphones on and you're screaming. And I'm like, all right, I just – I get into moments like that. I love basketball. I love, you know, competition. I just feel like I think, like, it's so friendly today that you don't see those rivalries. Like, I talked to uh, – I won't I won't say him by name, but I talked to a uh, uh, top 50 player in NBA history, Hall of Famer, uh, and I asked him about this very thing, and he, he laughed, and he said, you know, back in the day, MJ had both teams hating each other during the All-Star game. Yep. Now you right. have guys – you know, Anthony Davis had a phenomenal game, but – it's not competitive, man. It's like these friends that want to play with their friends and stuff. Like, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more of a competitive incentive or Mm -hmm. it's just, we need to adapt to the more friendly NBA of what it is today with guys being friends. Like I talked about D'Angelo and Carl Anthony Towns as a Laker fan. I look at cat and I'm like, please come to my team. Please come to my team. But like at the same time, (laughs) that's everything I'm kind of saying I'm against, which is don't be friends in the NBA, be it, you know, but that's just the way that the NBA has gotten. That's not a bad. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just. It's just different. It's We're different. in an era of yeah. guys want to play with their friends. Guys are friends, you know, and it's it's just a different beast. But like that's part of the world. That's kind of like if I look at NBA 2K, it's kind of the thing I was talking about earlier. Like a couple of years ago, it was all hyper competitive. You want to get on there and kill everybody. Now you like play friends. You know, you play with your friends on the park. You can kind of network, and right. it's really yeah. no different than the way the world is going, which is connecting to people mm-hmm. and connecting to friends and. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, hopefully that answers the question. I know it's kind of a long-winded answer, but no, no, no. I just feel like you know there needs to be that I want to come and kick your ass kind of mentality. And I felt like last year Levine and Gordon knew that they were raising the roof yeah. and they mm. were just putting on a clinic. Yeah. And I knew I knew that Eric Gordon, like a lot of people don't think they didn't know this, but Aaron Gordon was actually injured during that dunk contest. So yeah, oh that, wow, he was yeah, injured. He, I think he in had like this, an ankle injury. This or year's dunk contest too. No, that's what oh, I'm talking about this, this year. Yeah, this this year. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he he couldn't really elevate like he was last year, and I, I believe that's because he was injured. So, like, he went oh, out there, okay. and I, I gave him props for that. Um, you know, so I just think it's one of those things, man, where I don't know what they need to do, but, like, when a guy comes up and he does a dunk seven times in a row yeah. and he can't make it until the seventh time, like, it deflates the building, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, was that a good dunk contest? Because 
if you stop being cute and you start thinking, you know, I think what the NBA needs to do is invite like they need to invite dunkers out. Get all the sprite kids. Get all the sprite dudes. They they invite that one dude. I'm forgetting his name, so apologies. He's on like you know he's on uh, Ball is Life and all these these sites. You probably see him. They invite him out to arenas to come and do these dunks. He's in jeans. And the dude's doing like double between the legs, reverse one hand jams, and he's like five, five, seven, or five, nine. You know, he's some yep. short. What is? You know what I'm talking about? The, the French white dude. dude. Oh, oh, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking. I'm forgetting yep. his name. So he's somebody like, out he's, there. He's in all the Team Flight Brothers. Yeah. Team Flight Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also mocap for us, by the way. So all those insane dunks. Like shout out to Flight Brothers. It's awesome. Yeah, they're dope. Get, they're dope. We get all those dunkers in that. But like maybe you invite those guys out and have them challenge NBA guys. You right. know, and then put it maybe make it kind of personal. Like hey. We're doing this. You guys are NBA players, and you're not doing that. You know, then it's like, all right, what about a team NBA versus team right, flight brother? Right, you know, like right. dunk off for a contract. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Like make make it make it change. Dunk off for a ten day. But that being said, that being said, though, you know, like ratings continue to go up on All Star Week, and people enjoy seeing these guys do their thing, and and it's it is a lot of fun, but. It's hard to say, hey, we want to see 2000 again because guess what? We're never going to see 2000. Yeah. We're never going to see Jordan yeah. and Dominique again. We're not, you know, we're not going to see rookies come out like Kobe too often and come put on a clinic. See, even though we, you know, it's just not going to happen that often. So it's just it's tough, man. I don't know. I think I think better players need to get in it though. Yeah, I I, th- I think better players need to get into it as well. But I do think that there's always this conversation about how you know sports medicine is consistently getting better, so athletes are getting. Sh- stronger faster every year yep. so it's weird that we're not not that not saying that we should be seeing 2000 every year but i would think that there would be some young guys every few years they're just blowing things away but i think it's less about the athleticism and more just the investment in it i think a lot of people don't really see a benefit in it it's it's like either you get embarrassed because you mess up because everybody is doing right. the, like the props or you might win it and like i don't think people really value that especially considering that that's a good point that a lot of the kids now weren't even alive to see 2000 dunk contests i know man isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah, that's exactly nuts. so like you, you know what i'm saying i was yeah. i was in college <laughs> you know so right 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 so uh, yeah it's it's um you know i i i think until that uh valuation of it which i do believe would come if some of the more respected players did it and like actually tried to win it like actually came up with some dunks and like tried to do it i think that would be the only way that the young guys that probably if they wanted to have the athleticism to really dominate it that's what would get them to actually care to invest the time in it. well uh you know yeah. so i mean john wall was in it last year he had a he had yeah. a very respectable showing actually he i think yeah. he i think he performed well enough to win previous years but but because of of who he was with, he just you know he just couldn't. The competition was just too great. Um, but yeah, I would love to see you know Wall or Russell or or you know um, mm, so, that yeah. Would be dope. So so I mean Zach Levine is is a guy who is who is an up and comer in terms of uh, his stature within the game, and we already know you know what he is as a as a uh, as a ball as a dunker. You know so like. As his as his Q rating within the game starts to rise, if he continues to to uh, stay in these contests, maybe that'll bring some of the some of that excitement back, or you know, keep it keep it steady. Um, I, Chris, I want to admonish you just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, nice. Because you you've 
talked very kind of flippantly and just kind of offhandedly, offhandedly about LeBron James being old and how he's in the twilight of his career. LeBron James is what, 30, 31, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying no, by the way, let me let yeah, let me let me explain right. that before you guys. I think you know where you're going. Uh by the way, the only player to average the numbers that he's doing was Jordan at age twenty four. Right. When I say that, I mean LeBron's not a young gun to go out there and do the dunk Oh no, 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 no. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. When yeah, I yeah. say Twilight when I say Twilight in his career, I mean you're not gonna see LeBron at this point right. go into a right. dunk yeah, contest, yeah, in my opinion. He's not bending that's, that's what I meant. He's not bending over and, and pumping up his shoes. <laughs> right, right. That's that, that's all I meant by right, that. Okay. To, to clarify, right. to clarify, when I say Twilight of his career, I mean you're not going to see LeBron lace up it for the All Star game when he's getting heavily criticized for resting. You right, know, the, right, You know what I'm saying? Right, there's, there's a point right. in his career. He's done so much for the game of basketball. Like Kobe was talking about it. He's done so much for the game of basketball. I don't give a damn if he rests because he's on half. He's on. He's on uh, half throttle right now, right. man. He has one yeah. hand on the wheel. He right. he has his foot relaxing on. Right. You know. Uh, cruise control right now. I guarantee you when the play, because we, we talk about this with LeBron every single year. Oh, maybe the numbers are catching up to him. I mean, think about how much basketball he's played. played. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, true. High he's level, high level, machine. high level basketball he's played. Yeah. So, you know? so yeah, that before you continue, right, 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 right. Check that. right. But I will say, I will say, uh, it was bullshit that he yeah. sat out the TV game in, in, in Staples center to play you guys the next day where he knew he could he could also take the rest while he was, you know, while he was actually playing. Um, so, you know, that was that was kind of shitty. But I do agree, you know, if, if a dude wants to rest, like we're allowed to take sick days from work, you know, yeah. or and and believe it or not, guys, sometimes I take sick days when I'm not actually sick. What? Yeah, you know, oh. I, I know, I know. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you, you know, sure? Sometimes, Are you sure that your HR department doesn't Right. And sometimes, yeah. Well, see, well, you know, we have just PTO. So there are no sick days. So I just take time off. So it's okay. There you so go. it's okay. But, Tricks but. the corporate trade. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so back to the question. Um, top three players in the league today in order. Damn. Oh, Order. you're going to throw that one on me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Top three players in the NBA today. Right. See, I'm smiling because I this this is really yeah. tough. Yeah. I mean, it's... You're, it, you're, about, you're about to go Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Dylon, 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 Kobe. Um, all right. Top three players in the NBA today. I'm going to get some heat for this. Okay. LeBron James, number one. Okay. Yep. Yep. Westbrook, number two. Okay. Hmm. Anthony Davis, number three. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's Young what I was going to say. That's what wow. I would have said. Yep. Because, yep. because, yep. It, let me let me explain. So, number three, Anthony Davis, plays both ends of the court, yes, has yes. an absolute tragic team around him oh outside of yep. Marcus. Now, now, that being said... Wait till you see all the shooters that go to line up to play in New Orleans. Oh, now that they got the two, oh, they, yeah. they have the best center and the best power forward in the league on one team now. So, and and you can see that they're doing work every single night alongside each oh, other. They just need God. they need some shooters, and they'll get them. Uh, so that's that's Anthony Davis. What he can do, and I feel like Carl Anthony Towns can be that next that. type of Anthony Davis. Um, but but but, Cats, you know, in his second year, right. so he's going to get there. 
uh, scary potential, by the right. way. Same with Anthony Davis. Also, he's only what, 23, also, know, also Cat crazy. doesn't get hurt the same way that AD, right. That right. AD does. Right. And, and AD played through a hurt shoulder and put up stupid numbers, right. and he put up stupid numbers this year, and he's carrying that entire team. So uh, him on both ends of the court, If again, when you talk about the best players in the world, you play on both ends consistently. AD, number three. Uh, Westbrook, number two. Uh, what he's been able to do this year, historic. Uh, should get the MVP, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and he's been he's been really fun to watch. Fiery player, crazy. Uh, number one, uh, LeBron James. Because until you find a guy that did what he did in game seven on both ends of the court, um, there's not a better player end-to-end than LeBron James. And listen, I get it. Their defense is slack, and LeBron's you know, arguably slacking on defense, but his numbers uh, only compare this year, never averaged as many assists or rebounds. And he uh, also, Jordan at age 24 was, you know, that's where you can compare it to. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to compare those two. So uh, LeBron's a lot older than 24 now. He's going to be fine in the playoffs. I think he's going to take his play to an, an entirely new level come the playoff time. And again, until you dethrone him, uh, he's still, in my opinion, the best player in the league. But I will say there's a lot of people out there, there's a lot of people in the media that think he is some, you know, he is entitled to get back to the NBA Finals. Mm. I think this year was the year that Boston screwed up and not trading for Paul George or Jimmy Butler because I think this is the year they could have actually knocked Cleveland out of it mm. for the next couple of years. And mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like they made the mistake, thankfully, because uh, I'd love to see one certain players in purple and yellow. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think they made a mistake not doing that trade. And I say that they're still the one seed, but let's see what they do in a seven game series. I think, uh, I think LeBron is a big problem for anybody. And, uh, what he did last year in game seven, you yeah. know, until you dethrone that, road. it's kind of like, it was kind of like Kobe during 2009, 2010, there was no better player than him and what he was doing on both ends. And there's not guys that play both ends consistently. And I feel like those, those three players do, and um, and then they're doing the stuff that they have the energy for on the offensive end uh, is is just unbelievable as well. You know those guys are all yeah. freaks of nature. <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know Harden's not too far behind on that list. Uh, you know the way players are playing. Isaiah Thomas yes. he has to be considered mm. top ten right now, right? Just right now, yeah. not all time. Yeah, yeah. Relax. Yeah. Um, Isaiah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, Isaiah Thomas has been insane. If you look at his numbers, um, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of great players. I think uh, it's just been fun to watch the NBA and see guys on the up and up and um, seeing what these guys can do and seeing this next generation come in. What Devin Booker? Yeah. Uh, I know oh. now he's the hot topic on right, everybody's right, mind. Right. Uh, He's been on my radar since the the season started because he's been completely dominant offensively. And, you know, dude's 20, drops 70, and has Kobe Bryant's Mamba mentality. That's scary for the league. That's very scary for the league. This dude's going to drop 80 in a game. I'm calling it right now. So, you know, there's there's just a lot. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think he will. But, uh, you know, I think those are the – that's my top three. I I stand by that pretty – Okay. Firmly, and I feel good about that one. Yeah, Don't ask me all time though, because right. then I'm going to get right, right, right. Bring, bring it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I just want to say this really quickly that that if you are an NBA fan that started watching the game in 2010, you have yeah. never seen an NBA Finals without LeBron James in it. How crazy yeah. is that? How cra- yeah, How crazy dope. is that? The yes. only thing, the only thing that LeBron James can't beat seemingly is. Male paddleboardness. <laughs> yeah, you can't. 
You can't. It's undefeated. It's like Father Time. You can't post up. You know what, though? I will say this. I think if there was any NBA player who would be able to pull off a male weave, (laughs) it would be LeBron LeBron. James. Can I I ask a follow-up question to that? Yeah, of course. Of course. What's LeBron's finals record? It's, uh, what? I think he lost three. Three and three. Three and. Yeah, four. Yeah, I think he lost three. Yeah, three and three. Three and three? Yeah. He's 500. Oh, no, 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 no. He's. He's three and. Think on it. Think on it. He's three and four. Think on it. He's three and four. Yeah, because you got to remember. Yeah, yeah, like. Like the pre-trade, right? <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. not pre-decision. the trade, pre-decision, yeah, yeah, pre-decision. Well, here, well, here's the here's the deal. So, I think that's actually a perfect place to leave this conversation for now. And I want everyone in Bracago. I want everyone from OS. I want everyone from Sim Nation. I want everyone from Sports Gamers Online's uh, community. I want everyone to join in this conversation. You heard Chris's top three. I want your top three. Shout out us on Twitter, on Facebook, all the places you can go if you're listening to the show because you know this is a big monster show. And let us know what you think about your top three players. And then we can also talk about the best player or the best thing that's ever happened this season, and that was Carmelo Anthony's fur coat. (laughs) And, And on that note, we have to give a huge shout out to Chris Manning. Chris, again, brother, it's so dope to have you come back and hang with us in Bricardo, yeah, man. man. You bring us so much joy. We get to finally geek out with somebody else and talk about all the stuff that we talk about in our chats. And again, the passion that you have for this game and the passion you have for this for this sport comes through in every everything that you do and every time you come on the show and absolutely come back uh, when you can talk more stuff about E League, talk about more stuff that's coming down the road. The switch. And yeah, we want to do some and yeah, we want to do some dope stuff with y'all. So Definitely do that. And let, let folks know at home where they can find you on Twitter, on social media, and anything else that's, that you need to shout out. For sure, man. First off, I appreciate you guys having me back on. It's it's always fun to come on here and talk NBA. And, like, actually, I'm kind of disappointed we can't keep talking for, like, another five hours. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, uh, I know. Um, but, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, we got to do this real soon. Like, let's let's plan yes. for another one real soon. Like, maybe mid-playoff and then fine after the finals. Oh, yeah. oh hell yeah. That would be oh, great. Yeah. I love um, that. But let's do that. And, uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash LD2K. I'm always reading stuff. A lot of people yell at me on there, but I, I have love for y'all, so I'm always, I'm always reading stuff. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. That's no, it. like, oh, uh, yeah, hey, you know, check out. No, check like, out, here's my uh, mixtape. Right, here's I my mixtape. <laughs> Got these hot I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can, uh, you can, yeah, shout out to The Authority on uh, on PS4. If you run into us on Pro-Am, we're going to probably take that win. Uh, Dimes knows what's up. He knows who to recruit when he gets recruited into the E-League. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep draining game winners and breaking hearts out there on our fans because like you guys come at me. So it's really fun when I get to drop. I've dropped about three buzzer beating game winners in the last week in Pro-Am. So we're a problem right now. We're going to catch up to we're going to catch up to throw down and still trill and show them what's up. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think I think the one dream I think the one dream that we have as a crew is to go down to TK Studios, go go down to, to Cali. And get ourselves like scanned for real for oh real. Oh my gosh. That would be so dope. That goes from a dream to a nightmare. 
You see how ugly I am on the sidelines? I'm telling you, man, that face scan feature is yeah. right. <laughs> you know, I, I, no, nah, man, like, let, let's let's make something happen. You guys got to come visit me out here. We'll, right on. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll we'll make something happen in the future for sure. That's dope. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure That's it out. Dope. Again, everybody in Bricago, thank you so much to, for listening to the show. See, hit everybody with the social media business, and we are up. Yeah, so before I start the social media business, I just want to say that I'm in the finals right now of my 2K uh, 2K app, um, greatest companion app for video games. Uh, So shout out to the great one. Uh, Hopefully, I'm going to whoop your ass. All right, then. So (laughs) (laughs) the uh, social media business is as follows. Uh, Check us out on Twitter. Go to at Spawn on Me. Uh, you want to follow us individually, you can find our names, uh, our, our Twitter handles in the bio. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, you can go to our website, spawnon.me, uh, find this episode and all of our previous episodes, all 157 of them, or 156 of them, uh, and check them out there and also find out what we're doing uh, next. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you have a, a comment or a question that is more than 140 characters. Send it to spawnonmepodcast at gmail.com. Um, just, uh, actually, we just got a really good one. I guess we'll read it next week. Um, uh, kind of a follow-up one, so that, that would be dope. Uh, so, yeah, keep those conversations going there. Uh, make sure you listen to the show. Uh, duh. And do it on your, your favorite <laughs> podcatcher, whether it be NPR One or Google Play or iTunes. If it is a place where you can rate and review Please rate and review and obviously subscribe and tell your friends, tell your arch enemies, tell dimes because, uh, you know, you know, dimes is out there doing work. So, you know, uh, uh, do some work and tell your friends to give them the assist that Bricago is the place to be. All right. I want I want I, one last request from the 2K community. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I need for the next road to the finals there'd be a documentary 30 for 30 for the team that lost so we can hear all the salt that gets talked between the th- between all the people. What Agreed. <laughs> that would be amazing. So we're going to get up out of here for this week. Again, thank you, everybody in Chicago for listening. And we will say peace. Peace. peace.